0: Island is notorious for the number of ships and planes that have gone missing. The 1954 nuclear tests weren't tests. They were trying to kill something.
1: That's calling King around here. It's time to
2: show that man is king.
1: Run!
0: Experience it in IMAX March 10th.
3: Episode 178. There's already like 7 million parties.
0: It's, it's a trap.
3: To toss it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, team. Eras it, let's embrace it, Tupperware and parties. Subculture spill over like a vulture carry over culture push over Pop culture. Let's go. And with the uncool kids. What's his day's already been said? Let's go, pretty sure. That the only talent is the band. Leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch it's pop culture leftovers five four three two
4: one hey welcome to pop culture leftovers the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded i'm brian i'm jake and, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers stop have (laughs) a (laughs) time and so frank is here
0: frank is here frank
4: is here we're also joined by a special guest to uh join us in our godzilla godzilla discussion in our uh king kong uh, our kong skull island discussion i don't know i've got godzilla on the brain today yeah we'll talk about godzilla a little bit we'll talk about godzilla but yeah we've got uh we've got a special guest um to uh to join us this week uh mr daniel habner welcome
2: Hey, how's
4: it going, guys? Hey, what you guys didn't notice is that I, I played Daniel Hopner's special intro bumper, but he talked over it. so <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't hear it. <laughs> hey, we need that. Hold on, Hopner. We had you on. When what, we have you on, we had you during the we had you on last during the apocalypse episode last year. Yeah, he
0: was on two episodes because we split it up. We did a uh, movie episode and a regular episode that week,
4: I believe, and he was on both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our listeners were thrilled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Hopner. We got to set some fucking ground rules with you this, <laughs> this episode, Chief. I mean, like that was a big point of contention. Uh, you that, know, with that us. seems fair. I mean, last time, like poor Jake couldn't get a word out. Edgewise, it was just Hopner won't stopner. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we going to are we, we going to have issues?
2: No, no, I will. I promise
4: to be a good boy. <laughs> nice, nice. He was getting a little snarky too.
2: Oh yeah, no, I no, remember. No, there was a, if I go wrong, you can just disconnect me.
4: I know. Just, no. I'm just talking about like like the first time we had you on, and I was oh, I was yeah. pointing out that you were cutting everybody off, and oh, uh, and uh, you you were yeah you were cutting more than a fucking. uh Housewife cutting, snipping coupons and shit out of the paper. You were just <laughs> cutting like a madman. Uh, more, more than Frank cuts the cheese. That's you, a lot. That's, a lot. that's a lot. You were just cutting people off. um but, uh, we're not, we're not gonna have problems this time, are we? well What's going on? What's no. ba- the background noise going on? Are you moving? What's going on? <laughs> Getting something from the fridge? <laughs> the- no, that
2: was, uh, just, uh, sliding in the, uh, keyboard uh, slide
4: on my desk <laughs> you gotta wrangle your keyboard what yeah. the fuck is going on over there
2: i'm just getting it out of the way so that noise doesn't happen again
4: like i can imagine like like if doctor who had a keyboard the thing would like have legs and get up and start walking away and shit <laughs> yeah. yeah but not hopping anyway guys you know what i was thinking about i was thinking about our theme song yes what yeah. about our theme song <laughs> have we done a good job of picking up the scraps as the, uh, as, the, as the theme song implies. Picking up the scraps. We're the leftovers. Picking up the scraps. I, I take that as like what other podcast
0: is talking about, like the Crow reboot. <laughs> That's the
4: scraps.
5: I brought up Peabody. <laughs> uh,
4: what? I brought up
5: Peabody once. Oh,
4: yeah. Uh, what was it? Mr. Uh, Mr. Peabody and uh, Sherman. Sherman. It's
5: the time. Yeah.
4: Sherman. Yep.
5: Sherman. <laughs>
1: <Sure. laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's to pick it up the scraps. Yeah, we cover some stuff no one else wants to cover.
4: Yeah, okay, fair enough. I'll we do, take
0: that. Yeah, we do the we do the fucking real work. Yeah,
4: yeah. I think you know. I honestly think some of our crow discussion. Now Hopner's fucking scared to talk. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yeah, I, I,
0: I'll take it over a though. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, what were you going to say? I was, I was fascinated. I don't know where was I going.
4: Oh, fuck, fuck. No, I think, I think, I uh, think, I think some of the crow discussion has been, uh, it's been warranted. I think we've needed. Oh, to yeah. I'm it.
0: not, I'm not saying that yeah. it has a bit. It's been <laughs> super fascinating. I kind of like to watch like these colossal
4: production train wrecks in action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Oh, what was it? I was reading today. Uh, they just, uh, they lost their director and they picked up a new director. I can't even think of it. It's a movie that's kind of been in limbo. Frank, Frank's like 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 looking around and like the database of his brain. For
5: no, him. I'm <laughs> I'm really interested. I've been off social media, so Mr. I, Peabody and Sherman just, too. <laughs> if somebody just lost a director and yeah. you haven't already talked about it, I don't the, know.
4: The voice actor for Sherman's like fuck this, I ain't coming mm-hmm. back. <laughs> yeah. Was it a superhero genre movie? Was it something else? Uh, I can't remember. Right. Can't remember. Maybe I'll look it up later. I don't really give a shit. Anyway, uh, guys, yeah, recently I did a uh, Into the Badlands interview, and uh, it's up. Now on uh, Pop Culture Leftovers feed. So if you watched that first season and enjoyed it, definitely listen to that. And Daniel Wu goes into the second season, uh, talks about it a little bit. He actually goes as far as to talking about episode seven, which I thought was really wow. cool. Kind of like, like
0: eight episodes, right?
4: Ten this okay. season. So okay. they had six in the first season. So we got uh, ten this episode, uh, ten this season. Um, it was funny though. I'm gonna let I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, I started, I did the uh, the interview with Emily Beecham who plays the widow first mm-hmm. and I think she was in an airport. Um, she was on her way <sighs> to Dallas to the South by Southwest festival that they got going on there this week. And <laughs> she, she, whoever, <laughs> whoever was on her end that was telling her about the interview did not let her know that this was a podcast. So the whole time I'm recording with her bless her oh my god she had no idea that she was on a podcast until like the very end when i said oh yeah i think our listeners will really enjoy this and she was like whoa i was being recorded and i was like yes this is a podcast and she's like oh my god she got so embarrassed but she was such a good sport about it man
0: (laughs) did she say anything to be embarrassed for
4: No, it's just one of those things like when you're going into – if you know you're being recorded as opposed to not being recorded. Yes. Because there was a lot of like ums and uhs and pauses and things like that. Yeah. She was trying to form like answers. I think if she was like – she only thought that she was doing one podcast that day. She thought everything else was kind of like a article write-up. Yeah, you were doing a a written article. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Daniel, he knew that it was – that it was a podcast. So, uh, but Emily was so, she was (laughs) the outtakes on that. If I were to post those are pretty funny (laughs) when she realized that it was a podcast. That's She was so sweet about it and she's going to be starring in a new movie. I think they're, I don't know if they're premiering it at South by Southwest, but it's called Daphne. So I want everybody to check that out when it's available, like on video on demand or, or whatever. So cool. Yeah, she was, (laughs) she was really nice. Um, and, I know things about season two that other people don't know and I can't say anything because check it out guys. I'm embargoed. That's wow. wow. I've
5: always wanted to say that. (laughs)
4: Nice. I've always wanted to say that like I'm embargoed (laughs) and I can't say anything about season two. But yeah, I know things. (laughs) Unlike Jon Snow, I know things. (laughs) That's exciting. All right. Yeah. Daniel, I'm so happy to have you here joining us. Uh, <laughs> the sincerity in my voice isn't there, but I am happy to have <laughs> you on this episode because I know you're a big fan of like uh, Kaiju and, and like monsters and things like that. So I'm definitely interested in hearing your take on this new Kong Skull Island movie. Now, guys, going into this, uh, what did you guys uh, I know, Jake, you saw it in IMAX. Yes. Uh, Frank, you saw it in 2D. Yes. Uh, Hopner, how did you see it, man?
2: Uh, just regular old 2D. I got out of the showing about an hour ago.
4: Okay. Uh, Jake, did you get the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer in IMAX? I did not. Shut the fuck up, you didn't? Yeah, no. Really? Did you get, I got Spider-Man Homecoming and I got Guardians. I got Spider-Man Homecoming, no yeah. Guardians. <laughs> I am, t- you know, and I, I I'm going to tell you right now, wow. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, have you seen it in IMAX
0: Yes, yet? I have. But not before this movie.
4: Oh, God. I I think this is the first time I saw it in IMAX. And I'm... Or the second... It's probably the second. But, like, every time I watch this fucking thing, the music is so good.
0: Oh, yeah. The way it comes in with the colors and looking all 70s and shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so great.
4: Yeah. So, I I, I got, like, emotional during that fucking trailer. How good it is with the music and the way they blend everything. And I know everybody's like you silly and the comedy and all this stuff but it's
0: mm, i get the same way man, i get the same way so good it's the those characters i just love them so much yeah. and that we're gonna yeah. see more adventures yeah. and we know it's james gun again
4: yeah and it leaves you like a trailer you know and they do these in trailers but like this does it so well where they leave you on that cliffhanger of like peter quill mm-hmm. meeting his father
0: oh yeah for it's, the
4: first time and it's like we, we get okay. We get Kurt Russell at the end of this bad boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. We finally get to see him, and he's not a fucking Funko Pop, you know. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, I, I, you see him, and then you see Peter Quill's face, and it's like, what is he going to say next? Mm-hmm. What are the first words out of his mouth? Is he going to say dad, or is he going to be pissed off? Right. I, you, you just don't know, or yeah. or if he's got questions, that's and that's what I'm worried about. We're going to jump into Kong school Island, but. That's what I'm worried about, Jake. I don't want it to be another Ant Man where we get this great scene of. Uh, oh, you don't want a joke. I don't want a joke after that. I, uh-huh. I, want this to be, you know what? I mean, the the, the movie's going to be full of jokes, right? Yeah. And, and I love them, you know, because a lot of them are very well placed. I
0: think I, I I have faith in James Gunn. I think he understands how those kind of beats work. Like, he understands what a moment is like that, and that yeah. you want to you have that impact yeah. of a big, powerful, emotional moment.
4: I hope you're right, man. I do. I hope you're right, because, like, we got that – you know, we watched Ant-Man, and we had, like, that really amazing scene between father and daughter with Michael Douglas and mm-hmm. in, in that last movie. And then, you know, Paul Rudd comes in there and kind of, like, uh, you know, takes <laughs> yeah. away that moment and gives us yeah. a little joke, and it was like – you know, we had plenty of jokes before that. I mean, that's why you cast Paul Rudd. That's why you cast, uh, what's his name? I can't think of the guy's name.
0: Yeah, I think it's just writing, though. I mean, because Paul Rudd is funnier in 10 minutes of Civil War than he is in the entirety of Ant-Man.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I just hope that it's a real moment. Now, if they give us a joke and it, you know, and it hits and it lands, that's fine, but like, make me laugh after I get these characters Figuring out their newly found relationship, father and son. Give me the jokes afterwards, okay? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Don't give it to me in that fucking moment, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's yeah.
2: I do absolutely agree with that. Um, Yeah, because you want to have a moment where here's a serious moment. We can have some comedy later, afterwards. But yeah, when that's in the moment, give us the moment and let us kind of let the characters have that moment and let us feel with them for that. Right?
4: Absolutely. I, I do want everybody to know that uh, Daniel Hoppner is joining us uh, inside of a uh, trunk of a sob. <laughs> <laughs> so, just
0: <laughs> are you are you breathing okay in there? <laughs>
2: Uh, there's a couple air holes. I'm okay.
1: (laughs) Good,
4: good. Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and I also found out starting with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, and then going forward in future Marvel projects, probably maybe the Netflix Marvel series and, uh, you know, some of the TV stuff. But going forward, Marvel Studios and Marvel Comics will finally be promoting the comics.
0: Holy
1: shit.
4: Before the movies. So this is... Wow, I've been asking for this forever. We have. You can go back and listen. This yeah. has been a... We've been bitching about this for quite a while. So, yeah. Uh, Marvel's announced that it intends to start advertising their products before movies and on TV in the hope of, quote, exciting and mobilizing TV and film fans into local comic book shops and retailers. So that is fantastic. Uh, about fucking time. Yes. So... Uh, I know a lot of people have been bitching about it, and, you know, come on. give the I mean, they come from the comics. Give the comics some love. Give the comic book shop some love. Let's, you know, let's revive that business. I so
5: can't understand why they haven't done this yet, because it's a money monster waiting to happen.
4: Oh, I mean. They should be giving away free fucking comics
0: at Marvel movies and DC movies and shit. They Mm. could even
5: make that, like, a promotional, like, you know, early... Showing on a Thursday event.
4: I agree with you, Jake. I mean, you, how, how do you want to, you know, give them, you know, just like a drug dealer? They give you a free fucking first hit, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Give them a Guardians number one or, or whatever, right. you know, for yeah. what movie you're yeah. seeing.
4: Yeah, let that Guardians uh, number one be your first hit of the comic book heroine. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You want more? Come to the store. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jake, uh, I know me and you. Yes. We got the. Uh, it was the five minute uh, Dunkirk prologue trailer. And, um, it was it, a prologue that stuff won't be in the movie. That's well, that, that's what they were. That's what they were promo- saying online about it. Okay. Okay. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I but. was a
0: little taken aback by it because I didn't know it mm-hmm. was coming.
4: Well, I, when I, okay, I, I didn't, I, I knew that it was Dunkirk
0: when I, I knew it was Dunkirk too, Okay, but I didn't know. It took me the first minute to realize I was seeing however long a oh. sequential cinema
4: And not just a trailer. Okay, I knew it was, I knew, I I knew that it was a Dunkirk trailer. And I figured that this was the trailer that people saw. Like, they advertised that we would see this trailer in the IMAX version of, um, of Rogue One. That's correct. Which did not happen. I found out it was actually, uh, you had to go to the theaters that were showing Rogue One in, in, uh, in film. Okay, that's where, so. You had to go to certain places, big cities, that were showing it in its 70 millimeter format. Okay. So, when I saw, and I thought that that was a seven minute trailer. So this was a five minute trailer. So I don't know if the, if this is the same one or different, or if my links are off. But this uh, felt like seven minutes. Yeah. So basically, it kind of showed us what this movie's kind of about. I mean, we've got our ground forces, we've got our air forces, and then we've got our you know. Our Navy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
4: it, this is a Christopher Nolan directed war movie. I want to see what he does with World War II. I will say I didn't really care so much for like the water stuff. I thought the ground forces stuff was semi-interesting, but I loved the aerial
0: Dog fights. The aerial dog fights were amazing. Yes. The way they were shot were yes. amazing. Yes. I I thought there was a lot of really interesting shots. I'm also excited to see uh I'm not the biggest Nolan fan. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what he's gonna do with the World War Two movie. Sure. Like yeah. some some of the like just the way the focus was yeah. on some of those ground shots was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see this. I thought yeah. it was a very intense trailer. Like mm-hmm. it, it almost made me uncomfortable. It was so intense. It had that uh Heartbeat going on in the backdrop, and oh, as that, always,
4: that drives me crazy. As the trailer
0: progressed, it, like the heartbeat just got faster and louder, and yeah. they really had the volume cranked in our theater for uh, Kong, I think. And so it, it kind of was like almost gave me anxiety. The trailer, I was like, <laughs> oh man, maybe I can't handle this movie. But yeah, I'm excited to see it.
4: All right, sorry guys, I'm trying to fuck with my volume <laughs> real quick. Let uh, me pause real quick. No problem. All right, yeah. So uh, Dunkirk, I. Uh, looks i mean when, did, when does dunkirk come out comes out this summer i think maybe july i know it comes out this summer okay so yeah it's been it's been anticipated it's just they haven't shown us a lot of footage for it so i'm glad i finally got to see something yeah, you know no, other yeah. than just like that teaser trailer that they gave us like,
0: his, his trailers are always that way interstellar was really hard to see much footage of before it came yeah, out too if you remember yeah.
4: Yeah. Alright guys, so, uh, we are gonna be jumping into, uh, this week's Pop Culture Leftovers movie review. Where's that? Where's that stupid bumper? Here it is.
3: Yeah! Alright
4: guys, so, alright, we're gonna be talking about, uh, Kong Skull Island. We've all seen it. Um, just want to let you know right off the bat that we could be jumping into spoilers. So this is the spoiler warning.
3: This is a pop culture leftover spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your
5: dickhole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies.
4: Speaking of dickhole and speaking of this movie, we saw no kong dong.
5: No, yeah. we did not.
4: Yeah. Zero Kong Dong. So.
5: As oddly as that is, I, I was thinking about yeah. that.
4: I mean, yeah. So, Frank, you owe me five bucks. <laughs> I'm fucking,
5: I'm fucking I was like, how
0: did I
4: not get in on this? <laughs> I feel left out. You know, we were gambling on the Kong Dong. Yeah, that was, it was a little side bet between me and Frank. <laughs> Classic Kong Dong. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah. Uh, basically, Kong Skull Island, a team of scientists explore an uncharted island in the pacific venturing into the domain of the mighty kong and must fight to escape a primal eden Uh, it's directed by jordan voight roberts uh this is kind of like he's kind of cut from the same cloth as some of like these directors that have done small projects that you know we what did we see uh it was like uh, colin Trevorrow did monster then he got that big movie jurassic world and then you know we've seen josh trank and you know he did uh chronicle and then he did uh You know, Fantastic Four. So Jordan Voight Roberts is kind of like that guy. You know what I mean? He's done smaller things and this is like they, and he's done well at them and they gave him like a big, huge blockbuster movie. Okay. Uh, It's written by Dan Gilroy, not to be confused with Tony Gilroy. I did confuse him with Tony Gilroy at first. I saw the Gilroy and I thought it was Tony. Uh, Tony Gilroy, he did the rewrites on Rogue One. So it's not him. It's Dan Gilroy. He did, uh, um, I'm trying to think. Dan Dan Gilroy did the screenplay for The Bourne Legacy, uh, which is probably the second worst Bourne movie. Yeah. And then he also he also did the screenplay for Nightcrawler, which I love though. And also Max Bornstein did this as well. Uh, Tom it stars Tom Hiddleston as James Conrad, Samuel L. Jackson as Preston Packard. Uh, guys, little known fact: his initials are PP. <laughs> Thought I might get more out of Frank with that one. PP. Brie Larson as Mason Weaver. So we got a, I mean, yeah, this movie's got some, it's got Academy Award winner Brie Larson in yeah. this, uh, Academy Award nominee John C. Riley, and Academy Award nominee Samuel Jackson. Lots of Marvel characters in this movie. <laughs> That's true. I
0: was about to say four of them.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah uh let's see here yeah john c Riley plays hank marlow and uh, i wanted to point out that there was i think there was a tim and east uh tim and eric easter egg in this movie oh really on the back of his jacket it said good for your health mm-hmm. yeah I saw his- that. for your health fucking uh steve brule the doctor from tim and eric mm. for your health yeah, you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, but people that watch Tim and Eric <laughs> absolutely know what I'm fucking talking about. But some are calling this an Akira Easter egg. John C. Riley's character, Hank Marlowe, wears a jacket with a drug capsule on the fr- and the phrase, good for your health, bad for education, written on the back. The phrase and the logo originated from Katsuhiro Otomo's manga series, Akira. Hmm. And guys, I realize that... People are going to say, well, this was set in 1973, and this is like eight years before Akira was even released or whatever. Fuck off with that shit. (laughs) Uh, John Goodman stars as Bill Ronda. Uh, Corey Hawkins as Houston Brooks. Jason Mitchell as Mills. Uh, This is a uh, reunion between Corey Hawkins and Jason Mitchell. They both appeared in Straight Outta Compton Mm. as Dr. Dre and EZE. Let's see here. John Ortiz as Victor Neves. Tian Jing as San, Toby Kebble as Jack Chapman, and they also credit him as Kong on this, hmm. uh, on IMDb, but are they giving him credit for the face motion capture? Did he, yeah, did
0: he do motion capture
4: stuff? Well, I think he did, maybe the, he did face motion capture because Terry Notary worked on this as well. Hmm. Terry Notary, he, uh, he did most of the mocap, I believe, for Kong. So maybe the body movements? Hmm. Because Terry Notary, he worked with Andy Serkis on both, dawn and rise Ah. of the planet of the apes and i think he's also going to be in the new war for the planet of the apes um i also found out that russell crowe was considered for a role in this film
0: yeah yeah i could see it there was a lot of michael keaton
4: at one point too right yeah yeah michael keaton and um Someone else too. Yeah, Michael J. K. Keaton. JK Simmons. Simmons. There you go, there you go. JK Simmons. Michael Keaton was supposed to play John C. Riley's character, mm. and JK Simmons was supposed to be in the Samuel L. Jackson character. Mm. So, um, what we're gonna, oh yeah, Kong has a runtime of 118 minutes and an estimated budget of $185 million. <laughs> so, guys, we are going to start off by rating kong skull island and i'm going to do something different um first i'm going to play the rating system which i always do
3: the rating system is simple if the leftovers don't like something they toss it if they do like something they suggest you taste it and if it's brilliant it gets a tupperware rating If all the leftovers love it, then it gets to the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party.
4: All right, so toss it, taste it, Tupperware. I'm actually going to rate this one first. I know I never do this. Uh, I usually save it to the last, you know, whatever the fuck that means. I don't know. Um, I'm going to rate this one first. I've been chomping at the bit to see this movie. The IMAX trailer was just amazing. And let me start off by saying, like, it's pretty. And it is visually stunning, and had I watched this as like a ten-year-old boy, I would have loved this movie. But, dear Billy, this is a low taste it for me. Um, it's the characters are the biggest problem for me. They're generic. Just every character in this movie is just fodder for Kong, and just just the most generic Michael Bay glossed over characters except for John C. Riley. He's pretty much the only fleshed out character in this whole thing. And I was I think it's I think everything with Kong is just awesome, but some of the shit is not earned. You know, like we get a scene between brie Larson and Kong later in the movie. And I wanna be I wanna be I wanted to hit me emotionally. And, and, and it did in ways, but like it just wasn't earned. Like, you've got Academy Award winner Brie Larson in this, and all she really does is smile and snap photos. She has a couple badass moments, but like, by the end of it, I still don't know who she is. They, they build this Tom Hiddleston character <coughs> as this British forces badass who literally only cuts these fucking pteranodons in half with a sword. Nothing else that he really does is badass the characters are just so generic and tian jing barely talks in this movie and she's set up as a as a character early on she does nothing they just set these characters up as generic characters and as fodder for kong that's all they are is just so when they die you don't give a shit and i thought john goodman was good john c riley was great samuel L. jackson was horrible um The visuals are amazing though. I I can talk about those all day and I'll have plenty of wonderful things to say about the visuals in this. But as far as this being uh, a movie that I will revisit and – no, not really. I I think if you're going to see this, definitely see it in the IMAX because it's it's gorgeous. It's fucking gorgeous. They filmed in Hawaii – the way that – you know, I'm going to let one of you yeah, – can, can I please go Jump next. in, please. Uh,
0: I fucking tossed this movie. Yeah. I hated it. Um, I, I, You're on point, I think, with a lot of the shit you're saying. I thought, like, everything you said about the characters, yeah. that's it. There's no more depth. Like, Brian gave you all the information about the male and the female lead you're ever going to get from this movie. Like, it completely lacked any emotion whatsoever. You're on point. John C. Riley was the only one that I gave two fucks about yeah. in this entire movie. Yeah. Everyone else was fucking bullshit. It was this movie has big time
4: traileritis. They like, give you, they try to give you that Jurassic Park moment.
0: Yes, mm-hmm.
4: and they and they fucking fail. Yeah, they it, fucking fail. Yeah, there's no emotion
0: whatsoever. And I don't know, man. I thought Tom Hiddleston was one of the worst male leads in a movie I've seen in like fucking forever. Like, he was so – like, I, I – maybe you can blame the screenwriting and say they didn't give him much of a part. But I feel like a good, a great actor can, yeah. can make meat out of anything, yeah. especially this. It's this big popcorn fucking Kong movie. Yeah. And Hiddleston is just like, ugh. Yeah. Like he is the most boring male lead I've seen in a fucking movie you know, you in know a, a long the, fucking time.
4: How – is this movie doing well in the box it's office? It's doing
0: very well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well,
4: Godzilla did too. It's
0: actually – yeah, it's – it's not beating Godzilla yeah. but it's tracking way higher than they, than they thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, it, this movie was fucking bullshit. I the big moment where Kong like first shows up mm-hmm. really kind of pissed me off too cuz it was a moment that the, the trailer already had. Like I yes. I may have jumped when that fucking tree Country. hit the fucking helicopter right. had I not seen it 800 times already. Yes. Yeah, and I, and I thought
3: is that a monkey?
0: Yeah, I thought it was cheap how they kind of tried to give you the apocalypse now feels too. Oh my god! And like set it in the
4: seventies yeah. and constantly oh, they plays. hit you over the head with the music. Yeah. Oh my they god! They play like eight Creedence Clearwater <laughs> Revival songs. <laughs> hey guys, we're still in nineteen seventy three. If you didn't remember.
0: Yeah, and I, I, man, just to and Brie Larson was like same thing with her as with Tom. Like, I don't know if it was the screenplay or what, but
4: she was just terrible. Yeah.
0: Like, terrible. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Captain
4: Marvel. I'm I'm actually less excited. Oh, come on. I mean, room. Let's go back to that. I mean, yeah. come on. Academy Award winner. This girl has so much talent, and they gave her nothing.
0: Yeah. It,
4: they gave her the Amy <laughs> Adams Lois Lane treatment in this fucking movie. Oh gosh! Yeah. We, we still need to hear from uh, from uh, and Frank real quick, though. Yeah, at, go at for the, it
0: at the end, like when they showed the after credits scene. Yeah, I I was like, fuck! It's still Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson. Like if they were out of the picture, maybe I'd be excited. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I don't honestly. If and I'm going to get to that. I think that the next movie is not going to be set in this time period. I don't think it'll be set in this time period, and I'll get into that. Okay, towards the, when we when we get there, um, Frank, what Tar. did you think?
5: Uh, I taste it. I I think I liked some of the bits that you guys poo pooed on a little bit more than what you did. Like uh, I I liked all the seventies music and stuff. I know what you're getting at as far as <laughs> like the uh, the the beat you over the head. Oh God, yeah, with and yeah, it was very very military heavy. But I I actually kind of like that because I dug all those songs. Um, Like you guys. I love those songs too. But man,
4: I mean, you know, it's, it's like when they have nothing else to give you, that's what they give you as filler. You know?
0: Yeah, good point. Yeah,
4: I wasn't in awe. Like, it,
0: there was never, like, those moments where the music and the cinema yeah. were, like, perfectly right. blended. And yeah. I'm, like, getting goosebumps yeah. from the Yeah, they were just kind of <laughs>
5: isolated on their own.
0: It was just, like, crap radio. I mean,
4: uh, okay, so, like, we got Samuel Jackson. I, I did kind of like it when he said, hold on to your butts. Yeah. I was like, okay, Jurassic Park callback. <laughs> um, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. You're in another movie with giant monsters and you say, hold on to your butts. All right, cool, kind of cheesy. I'll take it though. And then they play the music, but like, I'm talking like, I'm talking like, I'm talking like three songs down the line. I'm like, come
3: on, stop! Yeah, yeah. Are you I, fucking
4: I, kidding me? I, I, like, I, I, this is not, this is not a freedom rock commercial. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, I, turn it up, man. It's I, like, come on, dude. this is a fucking King Kong movie, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah, I was the same way. All right, yeah. Frank, go ahead.
5: But um, like the action sequences, I liked them, and uh, there was a lot of things that happened <gasps> that I hadn't <gasps> seen. And you know, like, hollering out, "Ooh, ow!" You know, I, I enjoyed all that stuff. And but the thing I kind of saw coming a little bit was when you have this many big names in a two-hour movie, and it's supposed to be about a monster. How much are they going to get a chance to shine? Like what you what you guys were saying, Brie Larson didn't have anything to do, mm-hmm. and um, you know, a couple people get taken out that are bigger names. In the yeah, film. but it's
4: but. like, look at Jurassic Park. You go back, and it's like, you know, I. I As a child watching that movie, I was more entranced by, of course, the dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. And going back, like, watching that originally, my biggest complaint leaving the theater when I saw that first in 1993 was the characters. I thought, you know, oh, Malcolm was the best character. I can go back now and I can pit Jurassic Park – against Godzilla 2014 Mm -hmm. and Kong 2017 and tell you that Sam Neill's character and Laura Dern's character stand head and shoulders above what I fucking saw in this movie. Oh, yeah. This movie's lucky to get a low-taste out of me.
5: Some of the big hook is making you care about those characters and wanting them to make it out alive. And I didn't give a shit.
0: Yeah, I think they have the time, though. I I think it's a poor excuse to say, like, The focus is Kong and they don't have time to make me care about these characters because I I think they do. I think
3: it's so rushed.
0: It is so
4: rushed, Jake. It's like when they when they give us these introductions, it's like, okay, this is badass military guy. Uh, This is badass British special forces. This is, uh, you know, you've got the one character who's like the the military guy but you know he's he's seasoned and then you've got mm-hmm. and then you've got you know samuel L. jackson who he's got a chip on his shoulder you know we didn't win the war and this is one <laughs> last war and yeah, i've got a chip on my shoulder and i'm gonna stare down the monster at the end of this movie <laughs> and, and then you know and then brie larson who's just smiling and Hi. snapping pictures yeah, the whole time yeah. she's like a fucking kodak commercial the entire time <laughs> i'm sorry it's just the characters just did god damn it man it's like don't, don't it's like they introduce these characters at the beginning and there's nothing added to them a- afterwards.
5: Right, nothing. I, Zero. I actually Zero. didn't know what Tom Hiddleston character's background was because I got up and took a leak. So when I came back, <laughs> I didn't know who the fuck he was other than a guide. And he his what they gave him to do and his acting didn't make me want to respect him or give yeah. a fuck. I had no idea he was a badass. Yeah, I I I you mentioned like,
4: it. I was thinking like, Oh my god, this is yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be like our fucking uh Norman Reedus out here. He's gonna be like our fucking tracker. Yeah, yeah You know what I mean? Like yeah. But they, they, they gave that role more to John C. Riley, who they kept telling to shut the fuck up the entire movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the pacing was
4: weird, too. The like, guy
3: that's been there 28 years, right. you're not going to listen that. to him. He even says that. I've only uh, been
4: here 28 years. What do I know? All right, Frank, finish your final <laughs> thoughts here, and then we'll get hot.
5: Really, here. that's about it. I mean, it, it's mostly just two hours of action set piece to set piece oh. with little character development in between.
4: Oh, my God. You know S- what? good.
5: I what? mean, it was okay. I feel
4: sorry for Hottener. He hasn't been able to say shit. Yet. yeah now you know what hopner you got the fucking floor
2: i was just patiently waiting it's okay
4: <laughs> <laughs> well this is no this is like uh this is like day and night from the last time you were on the episode
2: well i i said i'm gonna be on my best behavior
4: <laughs> all right all right uh, uh can you turn up your mic a little it might bit got worse yeah yeah turn it up a little bit if you can it's, it's way worse now
2: oh my god terrible uh, that's about as far as it go. Are yeah. we all right,
4: go for it. Better? Go for it. I don't give a shit. Nobody's <laughs> listening to you.
2: Yo. <laughs> yeah, true story. Um. Well, okay. So for me, I mean, I'm kind of an easy mark for you know giant monster movies. So I always have to adjust my like uh how like I'm going to react, or do I like that movie based on other monster movies, or based on actual movies? Because they're not. I mean, they're dumb by nature. Um. But so based on you know other movies it's a, I'm almost frank it's a taste it you know there's definitely um the weak characters the the two-dimensional cookie cutter bullshit with them a lot of them not really doing much of anything that's pretty part of the course for this genre as a whole so it doesn't bother me too
4: much then why cast then why cast yeah. tom hiddleston I, i'm cutting you off here hopner i feel yeah. like you in our apocalypse review why cast tom hiddleston john c Riley, brie larson samuel l jackson why cast them in these roles john goodman why cast them in these roles then if they are just going to be fodder and bullshit generic surface level generic characters
2: uh same reason they got brian Cranston and godzilla because it's a name it's a marquee value it's going to get butts in seats to try to up those ticket sales and what otherwise would probably be a lackluster performance for a movie that'd be my guess yeah, so it's, opening a, weekend.
4: it's a good point, but it's just it's not a.
2: No, it's a waste of character. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's a double edged sword with that question because, like, I'm I I me on the flip side being somebody that enjoys a great Brie Larson performance, that enjoys a great Tom Hiddleston performance, you know, that loves to see John Goodman shine, that loves to see John C. Riley shine, which I think he did here. Yeah, I don't think either of those names are putting
0: butts in seats, though. Like, you see those names and you think good acting. Yeah. But those names aren't, like, I don't think Hiddleston or Larson on a con poster, people aren't seeing that and going, look at those two names, butts in fucking
4: seats. You're right. It's not a name like, uh, you know, it's not a name like. Tom Cruise, Will Smith, yeah, Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt. It's not an A-lister yet. I mean, yeah. I, I'm right. talking. We're talking about we're talking about Brie Larson here, who's an Academy Award winner. Yeah, but it's still not Jennifer Aniston's name on the poster. But if I talk to a random person out on the street and say, "Hey, what did you think of Room?" There's, they're saying they're they're either saying, "Oh, this, the the ridiculous Tommy Wiseau movie," and I'm like, "No, that's a different movie. That's called <laughs> The Room. I'm talking about Room, which is a great movie." Um, but but they don't know who Bree Larson is. You're you're right, Jake. It, it but everybody knows who Samuel Jackson is.
0: Well, I, at the end of the day, I'm saying I'm saying like you're right. Yeah. Like yeah. It, like your point is solid. Like yeah. why cast these people? Right. If A, they're not marquee names that are putting butts in seats, and B, you're not going to give them shit to fucking
4: do. Write them, Right. we know where Samuel Jackson shines. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino knows where Jackson shines, and he gives him roles to where he can stretch his legs and do what he does and do it his best, and they did not utilize that here. They gave him, hold on to your butts. Yeah, he mm-hmm. plays the same character he's played in 15 other movies. Yes, and let's stare down the big big gorilla, and that's it. All that's right. what they give him here. All right. We we interrupted. Sorry, Hopner.
2: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll agree that, yeah, it's in terms of the marquee value, yeah, they're not A-list or names, but I think that it gives the film a little bit more exposure than it probably otherwise would because they'd be like, oh, another Kong movie, whatever. Um, and yeah, it's been, what, 12 years since the Peter Jackson one, but still, uh, I, I think it's something and you're not going to afford a Tom Cruise or a Tom Hanks or anything like that. So I think it's kind of, you know, in the realm of what you're going to, what they can afford with that. But, I mean, John Goodman's still a name. Samuel Jackson's a name. Tom Hiddleston's still, you know, he's got some marquee value from the uh, Marvel movies and everything. So I think that might be why they did that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they don't have really do much of anything in their cookie cutter. And, yeah, that's a problem in general. That's why in terms of if it was just comparing it to other movies of this genre it'd be a high taste it but comparing it to real movies you know it's a taste it because of these problems become a bit more uh uh, damning to it as opposed to you know what i'm used to in this genre because it fits the mold pretty well most of the you know you're we're here for kong we're here for the action sequences and they look great and everything and they're fun uh, I do agree with you though, Jake. With the uh, whole uh, uh, trailer, itis with the all so much of the good stuff was shown in the trailer as usual, and that's a problem.
0: Yeah, there wasn't a creature that we hadn't seen in the trailer already. Yeah, it was but not it a
2: wasn't
4: one. There. The spider,
5: no, correct. we saw it too. Not really? Oh, no, I missed yeah. that one.
4: Wow, yeah, you
2: see it briefly. It's unfortunate. The,
4: the creature designs in this movie are fantastic. Yeah. I-, I wish they would have taken a more Cloverfield approach to the skull crawlers. Yes. So, because I, I love the design, I love the look of the Skull Crawlers, and it would have been cool to see those Skull Crawlers for the first time in the movie. You don't need to show Skull Crawlers in the trailers. I'm there for Kong, right? Right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Why
0: did they show any of it besides Kong in the trailer?
4: Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because you
2: could vaguely hint at you know the John C. Rye's line that's in the trailers about you know he's you know God on the island, the devil lives uh, below, and just vaguely hint at something as opposed to yeah, and then two seconds later we'll show you the whole
5: thing. I really wish that they would have held back on him in the trailers. Because if they wouldn't have shown us already the funny beats that he was supposed to have, yeah. those really might have hit home in what otherwise was a more serious movie.
4: Oh, man. His, his story, his backstory was the most layered backstory in this whole thing. character oh, yeah. we talking about? Uh, John C. Riley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the fact that he, uh, he he was there during World War II. You know, he crashed mm-hmm. in World War II. And then there was another uh, – there was a Japanese pilot there with him, and they ended up becoming friends. Mm-hmm. That's the story that I want. And even the writers
0: seem to acknowledge the fact that that was the only story worth a shit because yeah. that's what they're following up on while they're rolling the credits, yes, right? yeah. Is John C. just
2: the only story? Period.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The traileritis thing. Honestly, I I feel like this would have been a low-tasted or possibly a tasted. I just don't know. Without the traileritis, this was one of the worst cases of it I've seen. Uh, they ruined just multiple beats and and pretty much the plot of this movie it was pretty fucked up
4: for as much as i love the trailers you're right they gave a lot of way in these trailers i i i was i was really excited once they arrived to the island you know once they finally got there they got in the choppers and they're flying there i i thought the the whole ecosystem of the of this uh of this Island was really interesting. The way that it was surrounded by a, a constant storm.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. The first 15 minutes were the best part of the movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I
4: love the way that they made uh, Bangkok look. Um, I, I love that look. It, it looked very Steve Spielbergian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know uh, the way they made it look. If you go back and you watch, you know, um, you know, temple of doom. Temple of doom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It kind of looked like that. I agree. And I, I love that look. I, I love that look. I, I was, I'm a big fan of, Anything that looks like anything that I watched as a child that makes, and that's why I say that I would love this movie if I watched it as a 10 year old boy because I'm not worried about character development at that time. You know, I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah, there's lots to be in awe of, I guess, if you're 8 to 10. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, of course I wanted to see, I wanted to see Tom Hiddleston, even if I was a little boy watching this, I would have probably wanted to see Tom Hiddleston have more of a badass moment in this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? taking down Samuel L. Jackson's character. Instead, he
5: just gave up with his hands up in the air and everything. That's the
4: thing. Like, when they teamed up with Kong, I wanted to to feel more emotional. Right. You know? Like, when they teamed up to help fight Kong, I wanted to feel like – like, I wanted them to actually – the director to be able to portray to the audience and relay the information to the audience that, yes, Kong knows that they're trying to help them. You know? Mm Mm-hmm you know what I I wanted to feel like that bond between Kong and the humans that like Kong realizes that, some are bad, but some are good, Mm -hmm. okay? He's been the protector for these people on this island, but you know what? Like, the people that are on the island haven't stuck up for Kong. It's not like these people on the island, these old decrepit people with, like, fucking, like, this face paint bullshit on their faces. They're not going out there and fighting for Kong. Kong is just fucking taking bruises and fucking bleeding for them. I wanted Kong to see humans doing some badass fucking shit, and they did. They fought for Kong, but you couldn't tell that Kong like was like appreciative not appreciative but just kind of like Sentimental towards somebody doing something for him because he's lost his parents.
0: Yeah, they did a terrible job of like m- any kind of emotion involving Kong and the humans,
4: except for that Brie Larson they- scene where she touches his face, which I still don't think hit as hard as I wanted it to. I-, I I tried to force it more. Yeah, there was there was no emotional payoff to that. Like they did not gain that at all. I wanted to. I wa- I'm watching it though, Jake, and I'm wanting to feel something. I'm dying to feel something, and I'm <laughs> I, I, not. I agree
2: with you on that, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the Brie Larson moment with him is basically them just kind of shorthanding and going, you know, you've seen a call movie before, uh, you know, a beautiful woman, they have a connection. Blah, there we go. I'm
4: gonna try. I'm gonna try to turn Hoppner up here real quick. Go ahead, Hoppner, talk now.
2: Okay, sorry. It's just saying that I think that the Brie Larson moment with Kong was very much them just trying to shorthand what other Kong movies have always done with the beautiful woman, Beauty and the Beast, blah, blah. Here you go. Yes. I
4: agree 100%. I agree, but on the flip side, I will tell you this much. I have never seen in one of those movies, like, you know, the original 1933 Kong movie, King Kong movie, or even in the Peter Jackson uh, revamp. Mm-hmm. or or the fucking Jessica Lange uh and uh, uh Jeff Bridges film from the 70s yeah. I never yep. saw King Kong Hold the damsel in distress in their hands and then shove their fist down a skull crawler's throat
5: while the damsel in distress is still in their goddamn palm. Now that was crazy. Yeah, I can't even figure that out how he didn't accidentally crush her. I was, yes,
4: I was always, yeah, I was, I was waiting for like him to open up his hand it and her just sludge. be like a pile a of bush. like red it's slime. A- <laughs> I would have actually enjoyed that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I gotta bring up, there was one moment, it, it was, you bring brought it up briefly but and it, it was probably tom hiddleston's character most like badass moment i guess yeah where he takes the samurai sword the gas mask yeah the, i laughed unintentionally so much at this uh, scene; it's horrible yeah he puts this gas there's all this poison gas around he puts his gas mask on he's like Slow the frame rate down so he can bat. Wait, hold on,
4: hold on. John C. Riley slow motion throws. Why is he giving him the sword when John C. Riley is the one who's had the sword for the past twenty years? Yeah. Yeah.
5: He's had this sword for 20 years now.
4: No, uh-huh. he, he knows it's time. The it script- should have been John <laughs> C. Riley yeah. Cutting those motherfuckers up. And that would have
5: like, felt a lot better Yes.
4: Too.
0: You're yeah. right. But yeah, he cuts through like three of them in slow-mo. And then just like – there's still poison gas everywhere. But he just takes these like you- – my face has been covered long enough. I have yeah. to expose yeah. it again. like, okay,
5: you're out of the gas now?
0: He's not out of the gas whatsoever. It's, it's like- no,
2: he's, like, still hip deep in it.
0: <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was like, yeah, this movie's pretty terrible.
2: It is pretty <laughs> funny because, yeah, because exactly what you're saying, he cuts a couple of them and then they do the one where, like, the screen is covered by the little, you know, uh, flying thing. Yes. And the sword cuts through it, which clearly going to be, like, a 3D moment. And then it reveals he's still wearing the gas mask. I definitely chuckle at that. I'm like, you look stupid.
0: Yeah. I thought the 3D was pretty fucking lacking in this movie, too. Yeah. It yeah. was like, oh, look, we could show you 3D gnats every time we show close-ups of Kong. Mm. But that was pretty much like all they were really giving me. Like There was never really any huge 3D moments. Can
4: I tell you about a scene that I did love? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 a scene that I absolutely adored that I thought was fantastic, well shot, and I thought it was well acted was a scene with Toby Kebbell. And did he play Jack Chapman in this movie? Mm. I can't remember. the What's the name of the character? Uh, yes, Jack Chapman. And it's the scene where he's um, out in the open in the water. And Kong is in, the, in this river too mm-hmm. and starts to walk up on him. And he sees Kong and he goes behind a rock. And, um, yeah, it was Jack Chapman. He's washing his face. All of a sudden, uh, the squid, that giant squid, starts to attack Kong. Yeah. I love that scene. I thought that that was amazing. Uh, just, just I, I don't know. I loved everything about that. We got to see Kong kind of like in a moment there where he didn't know he was being watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to kind of like see him. Watch him slurp up some tentacle. Well, before that, I mean, he's he's <laughs> looking at himself and he's bleeding from the battle. Mm-hmm. He's looking at his hands. He's he's tending to his arm. He's, you know, he's actually drinking some water and things like that. We get to see Kong in kind of like just like a moment where he's like we've got this soldier watching him and he's just not like this crazy mindless monster. Yeah, he's not a disaster movie walking. Exactly.
5: And unfortunately that moment was wasted on somebody <laughs> who doesn't even make it out.
2: I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah, he gets uh, he gets eaten by a skull crawler, and then mm-hmm. we see his head spit out, and then <laughs> conveniently, uh, Tom Hiddleston sees his dog tags.
5: Um, <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> dog tags. his dog tags oh, lo- tag survived his head coming yeah. off the rest of but his I, body. I, you know,
4: I I, I, lo- I love that scene. Yeah, of course, it turned into you know it it turned into a scene of him like attacking the squid from Lord of the Rings. But yeah, you know, and I was thinking to myself for a moment, like, would he? when he ripped off that big chunk of the squid and tossed it towards Jack Chapman's way that like that guy would be eating, eating like calamari that night. Um, I would. I would too. So, but um, there's moments in this that I love. There are moments I I love every time Kong is on the screen. This is the most beautiful Kong I've ever seen. Um, Mm -hmm. This Kong looks phenomenal. Uh, I love the scenes where Kong is just slapping helicopters out of the sky and just I love that one where he grabbed that like that big uh, transport copter and used it as a baseball bat yeah, yeah and just fucking cool. hit another helicopter I loved it when he you know he would jump into the sky and just rip one down and he's like not in my house motherfucker <laughs> and I, I, I like that and that's I wanted to see them go to war with Kong but man it just it just this movie's just for for some reason, just did not deliver for me. Where I feel like Godzilla was a little bit too much reserved, I felt like this was too much it was giving us too much yeah, shoot in your in your face. and so yeah, exactly. so so they need to figure this out. They need to go somewhere in between. but in both movies, they've done injustice to the characters, to the human characters. Yeah. I felt like Godzilla. As far as, like, him being in the Godzilla film, I thought Godzilla was fantastic. You know, the scenes of Godzilla that we got, and I thought it was worthy of Toho, you know, giving, you know, their input on the character throughout that movie. And I felt like King Kong in this movie was actually pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, I don't have too many qualms about the actual like, Kong, creature yeah. design. And Kong, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. I do
4: think that we should have had more creatures in this.
0: variety. Yeah, that'd yeah. be nice. A yeah. Few I
4: hadn't seen already. hmm what about the final battle? I mean, between the ultimate Skull Crawler, I actually I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I thought the actual final battle was actually done really well. You know, we got the teases of him like ripping the jaw in half. We didn't get that. You know, we saw him do that quite a bit in like the Peter Jackson movie with the T Rexes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm actually I, I I enjoy the Peter Jackson King Kong a lot more than this movie.
0: I I can't decide which one I. I... I like more. I I like them both.
4: Oh, I I enjoy the <laughs> I enjoy the Peter Jackson King Kong movie. To be quite honest with you, I'd give it a taste it to high taste it. I I like it. Yeah, they're both yeah. tosses for me.
5: I don't think I ever made it all the way uh, through. I like watch half of it twice.
4: I like it. it's a guilty pleasure. I enjoy it. It was yeah. I think sorry. Go ahead. No, I was go ahead. It. Stop. Go ahead, Stopner. Go ahead, hop, <laughs> Hopner. Go ahead. We, we. I feel bad for cutting you off so much.
2: It's all right. Um, I mean, with the 2005 Kong, I think, uh, and I forget which one of you two said it earlier, that like the the beginning part of this movie is some of the best stuff of it, before, and then before they get to the island, whereas the 2005 Peter Jackson Kong, uh, they take fucking forever to get to the damn island, but once you get there, it's a lot better, I think. Uh, so it's interesting just kind of seeing how there's still not a good like middle ground there of too much time beforehand or not enough time. And then the island stuff either being really dynamic or really boring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that assessment. It took way too long in the Peter Jackson version movie definitely got better when we got to the uh, skull Island.
4: Mm -hmm. So let's, um, I don't know. I feel like we've trashed this movie quite a bit. (laughs) It's not, I would still recommend people to see this in theaters. To be quite honest with you, mm. it's the best way to see it. I don't think that there's any. I do. I think it's a, a. I think visually it is stunning, and I think the best way to see Kong, this gigantic monster, is in IMAX 3D. I really do.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I guess. I guess I agree with that. If you have the desire to see this
4: movie.
5: Maybe if you're into not, like yeah. the Michael yeah. Bay Transformers and have a passing interest in Kong,
4: yeah, I, I'm not trying to get people not to see this. I think the best way to see this is in the theater. I think like once it comes home, yeah, it's worthless. It's yeah, I yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the best way to see this is in the theater. I, I can't imagine watching this at home and having having any satisfaction. No. Um, but uh, let's talk about the post credit scene. So the post credit scene goes. It goes really, it goes Ferris Bueller for a second before you realize what's going on because you hear Tom Hiddleston, uh, his character is asked, Captain Conrad, he's asking, why are you still here? And then he says, why are you still there on your seats in the darkened room? And then the scene opens and we see Conrad and Brie Larson's character being held in an interrogation room, uh, with one-way mirrors. Brie Larson's character then threatens to tell the Russians about Skull Island and the meeting with uh, their meeting with Kong. Uh, Houston Brooks, who's played by Corey Hawkins, and then San, who's played by Tian Jing, walk into the room and inform them that Kong is only the beginning, and that the island expedition proved that the Hollow Earth theory, which uh, <laughs> they brought up quite a bit throughout the movie, which was not interesting either. Um, it's true. And that the skull crawlers were just the beginning. So Brooks then informs them that there are other monsters that are out there with ancient people that the ancient people that they encountered have known about, uh, were then shown, um, as well as, uh, we're shown some slides featuring photos of characters that we've known from past Godzilla films. We see Godzilla, we see Mothra, King Godira, and Rodan. So they're setting up their whole kaiju monster universe with yeah. this. We saw this coming, we knew that they had planned for a Godzilla versus King Kong film. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a uh, post-credit scene that's setting up this whole world. So I don't know. I just want to get your initial thoughts on this. Jake, I, I can already tell you, you hate it. I, I know that <laughs> it's, it's a post-credit scene, and, and yeah. you hate those. E-
0: and Even if I pretend that I don't hate post-credit scenes, yeah. I, hated this, I hated this scene. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like I said, it scared me that I, I'd be exci- more excited to see Converse Godzilla if we weren't bringing back Tom Hiddleston and Bree Larson which this post credit scene scared me into thinking that might
4: I don't happen. think so I don't no, think so no there's no way no i hope not let me can i get into that do you uh do you, Hopner do you have any theories on why they're not coming back uh
2: yeah well i mean they're the age they are in that movie in 1973 The next, because it's after this, it's Godzilla 2, then Kong versus Godzilla, and that's that thing 2020. Yeah. Uh, but that's all taking place post first Godzilla movie from two years ago, which was in current time. So, unless they put on the most insane age makeup on both of them, no, they're not coming back. They're going to be like 30, 40 years older. That's a a
4: great point, but hold on. Go ahead,
0: Jake. Is that official that Godzilla from a few years ago and this movie take place in the same universe?
2: Yeah, because uh, yes. John Goodman's character is part of Monarch, or the other his other characters, they're part of Monarch, which was the organization that Ken Watanabe was uh, part of in uh, Godzilla. Okay. Yeah, I've
0: not seen the Godzilla movie
2: from That's two right. years
4: ago. Now Skull Island. Let me get into this: why it's not going to take place right after this encounter in 1973? That I think that they are going to time jump, and we aren't going to get Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson back unless. Daniel's correct, and they do, like, this insane, like, makeup prosthetic. Hopefully they don't go the route of, uh, what was his name? What, uh, uh fucking Prometheus. What was the actor? Guy Pearce? Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Oh, oh, my God, that was fucking <laughs> Why horrible. would they
0: put him in all that makeup so they could not act again.
4: Oh my god, Johnny Knoxville looks better in the Jackass movie as the old man <laughs> <laughs> than fucking Guy Pearce did in fucking Prometheus, oh, which is like god. a fucking 100 plus million dollar movie. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, I mean,
2: they could do that, or they could uh, tarkin uh, these two and age them. Season.
5: Oh, fuck off! Or. Fuck
4: off with that shit.
5: <laughs> I, I think the best way of going forward <laughs> is to have somebody different in each movie. Yeah, and let Kong and Godzilla just like be the constant throughout.
0: <sighs> it makes me really regret that Kong didn't kill those two characters. Can I get into why? <laughs> let me get. Can I get?
4: Can I get into why? And I think I can prove. I think I can prove why they are going to time jump. Yeah, yeah. Please do. All right. So Kong Skull Island features the tallest incarnation of Kong in an American film. Okay. He stands – in this film that we watched, he stands approximately 104 feet tall while Peter Jackson's Kong was only 25 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Okay. The tallest incarnation of Kong overall is the one featured in King Kong versus Godzilla back in 1962, and he stood 147 feet tall. So we are expecting that Kong is going to fight Godzilla in a future King Kong the Godzilla film, correct? Yeah. Okay. Dawn of Monsters. how tall was Godzilla in the 2014 film? He was – 350 fucking feet tall. Okay, guys? Get some stilts, King Kong. Now, remember, (laughs) there was a quote in this film from John C. Riley who said that this King Kong, this Kong is still growing. So we've got basically kind of like a uh, not a fully adult Kong here. So this Kong is still growing. We've got to time jump to where he's at least – Two hundred and something feet tall. We cannot have a hundred and four foot tall Kong fighting against a three hundred and fifty feet tall Godzilla. We got to get him to at least two twenty to two thirty. Yeah, get, get him to the proper <laughs> right class. So we got protein get, powder. We got to get. We got to get a bigger King Kong. So I, I think they're going to. I think the island will be. It will not be disturbed. For a good 30, 40 years, and um, we're gonna we're gonna get this Kong. Uh, it's gonna be an even bigger Kong. So, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: if and if i may, Brian, I'm glad you brought the whole size thing up because if you had if that yeah. wasn't where you're going with it, I was going to. Also, good uh good checking on you got the uh the exact measurements correctly.
4: Well, so, well, wow! 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 Holy shit. Nice job, bro. man. Yeah, thank you. Saved you a correction Tuesday. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely.
4: Holy shit. No, I, I don't I'm not used to these compliments. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, you know, you guys, it's like, you know, mom makes dinner and shit. Mom, you know, she makes the meatloaf, you know, she makes the green beans, she makes the casseroles and all that shit. And everybody just usually just chows it down, right? You know, I'm putting the meal together, right? That's mm. what I do. Yeah. Nobody yeah. nobody says thanks, Mom. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then mom goes to bed. And mom reads her fucking, you know, I read my little fantasy stories, you know. I read my Fifty Shades of Grey and shit. And I, I wonder, like, when can I have a dark, mysterious guy come into my life and ram me, you know. That's for sure. like, And Hopner, you were that guy for me tonight, so thank you. Seriously I no, I I I took a Daniel Hoppner deep dick in there and I appreciate it. No. Thank you. It's nice to be complimented. Tell you know, tell me I'm pretty. I get all dolled up for you fucking assholes every week. And nobody nobody fucking tells me I'm pretty except for Hoppner, so thank you.
2: And most of the time when someone does compliment you on an email, then you shut them down like, oh, fuck you. It's pity party.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's so true. Hey, guys, you know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to hang up on Hotner and take our break. No, I'm fucking with you. We're going to take, <laughs> take our first break and we're going to come back and we're going to do the rest of good pop, bad pop here. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hey. With more, with woo, more rambunctious goodness. <laughs>
0: oh man.
4: Rambunctious.
0: Yeah, settle down, settle
4: down. I know. <laughs> I know, this show. Hey, Daniel, you know what? You don't sound like shit anymore. What the fuck?
2: Uh, figured it out. Finally.
4: <laughs> Your nice. mic situation. Oh yeah, he does sound better. He does sound good. He sounds crisp. Mm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey. I, was, I was a little creeped out right there. I can't lie. <laughs>
4: You mean you didn't like it? Oh my god, he, he sounded like, uh, that Butthead know. from Beavis and Butthead there. Uh, you didn't like it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm more TV for my bunghole. Fire! <laughs> all right, anyway, this is good this is good. yeah, yeah. all right The me... evolution of pop culture. I know. It's, like a, it's like a like a, like a the,
0: the weirdest homage. It happened so fast. I expected like
4: a slower deep yeah. yeah, we we've officially jumped the shark by giving homage to a uh, 1990 Mikey Judge fucking animated show. Anyway, uh we're going to be jumping into good pop, bad pop.
1: It's
3: time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop,
4: Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we like these things. Sometimes we hate them. So we're going to use our rating system, uh, Toss It, Taste It Tupperware. I'm going to start off just by letting everybody know that I watched – I binged watched it within two days – uh atlanta on, yeah on how Air. was it
0: oh it's so good oh man i'm so jealous but i fucking even told you to dvr yes it, yes my dvr missed episode three and four yeah and it got five and six and i just like basically threw a hissy
4: fit yeah did it all yeah uh, it's really easy to digest uh, it's only 30 minute episodes so about you know 22 minutes per episode when you watch it without the commercials It is fantastic. Donald Glover, I am a fan. Oh, my gosh. He's so good. There is nothing like this on TV.
3: Nothing.
4: Nothing. You know what I mean? It's so fantastic. I'm not going to go into the details of the show. I'm just giving you my rating. It is a Tupperware. If you have access to watch this on FX, FX, the network, is fucking killing it. Fucking killing it. Between this, Baskets, Legion, Taboo, uh, the Americans, all these shows, fantastic. Yeah. Definitely watch Atlanta. It is a Tupperware. Donald Glover is so good in this. It's ah, funny. I can't wait to see it. It's it, really funny. It's funny. It's funny. And they do time jumps. It's not like one episode ends and they have to pick up where that episode left off. They pick up and then in the next episode you're introduced to new characters and they've done a time jump. It's so phenomenal. Mm. So good. So good. FX is killing it
0: as a network. Yeah, I love Donald Glover. His newest album is fucking fantastic. It was one of my favorite albums last year.
4: See, I don't. I, Childish Gambino. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not into like the whole music scene. I didn't watch. Uh, you know, I didn't stick with Community and all that shit. Mm-hmm. This is my real first exposure to Donald Glover, which I'm glad I have because now I have 100% faith that he's going to do a fantastic job as lando calrissian oh yeah i'm so excited that, yeah that's why so many people
0: got so excited when that casting happened yeah 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 he's gonna be great
4: uh second thing i want to talk about before i hand it off to one of you gentlemen is uh feud on fx have anybody has anybody had a chance to no, watch Feud? Nobody. i want to see it though let's hear what you think i watched the pilot episode this comes out on uh sundays on fx it's another show by fx and uh, it's basically it's about cast aside by Hollywood screen legends Joan Crawford and Betty Davis battle uh, battle each other when they sign up for whatever happened to Baby Jane. That movie came out in 1962, and uh, it was kind of like a horror thriller movie at the time. Mm-hmm. This uh, show stars Susan Sarandon as Betty Davis, Jessica Lange as uh, Joan Crawford kind of interesting that Jessica Lange is in this, and she was also in a King Kong movie back in the 70s. That was like her first big gig. Anyway, it also stars Catherine Zeta-Jones, Kathy Bates, Sarah Paulson, who has not been introduced into the series yet. She'll be in the next episode. Alfred Molina, our Doc Ock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alfred fucking Molina. Uh, Also fame from the uh, Indiana Jones movie, Raiders of of the Lost Ark. The spider guy. Yeah, Doc Ock Yeah, Spider-Man. Uh, also in, uh, Boogie Nights and one of my best, my, one of my favorite scenes from that film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, he plays Robert Aldrich, which was the director for, uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And Stanley Tucci plays Jack Warner of Warner Brothers
0: in this. Yeah, what a cast. Ooh. A lot of Ryan Murphy regulars and some really good people on top of
4: that. Let me preface the, this, this rating. I, I give this a high taste. This, has the chance to be a Tupperware as the season progresses. My biggest problem is also – my biggest problem with this is the casting of Joan Crawford as Jessica Lange. I I don't know how to say this. I want people to go back, and before you watch this series, if you have the luxury to watch this movie, I want you to watch Mommy Dearest. Has, has anybody seen Mommy Dearest? Clips. Nah. Clips? so yeah. no anyway has anybody seen mommy dearest all the way through <laughs> no yeah uh, no. the movie came out in 1981 and it is a uh, it, it's uh, faye dunaway plays joan crawford this is one of my favorite movies of all time it is so good and I, I i know some people don't like it but basically after joan crawford had uh, an adopted son and an adopted daughter and joan crawford was beloved in Hollywood for a long time uh, for the people that watched her films. Now the people that knew her behind the scenes knew that she was a complete bitch. And I'm not just saying that she was okay. (laughs) This, she was cold hearted. And um, I I recommend that people watch mommy dears. It's kind of at its detriment though, because Faye Dunaway does such a great job in the role as Joan Crawford, Mm -hmm. that when you see Jessica Lange in the role, she doesn't, she's not as good. Now she may get better, yeah yeah she may get better and she's it,
0: definitely capable of getting yeah, better Yeah, she is
4: but faye dunaway was phenomenal in that role like jake this movie is great like mommy dearest is so good it's 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 so memorable so many memorable lines like you see joan crawford just flip out on her adopted children there's a scene called it, where she it, where, no wire hangers like if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about mm. and she went nuts in this scene like she uh, she had a lot of personal things going on in her life at the time, and so she took them out on her kids. She was very like almost bipolar, and um there's a scene where she flips out on the on her daughter for using wire hangers when she should be wearing wooden hangers because they don't they don't ruin your clothes ah. so it's like at three four in the morning she has like the kids going up going outside and like doing gardening. <laughs> she's freaking out and she has the kids doing gardening in the in the in the yard because at this point in time in her career she's not able to you know keep the staff in her home to she can't hire a gardener and so she's freaking out about the way the house looks outside it's a great movie mommy dearest is so good and faye dunaway does she does that role such justice that you it's i'm i'm almost it's almost weird seeing somebody else play Joan Crawford but Faye Dunaway. Mm, okay. okay. This movie is not about that. That was a that was a Joan Crawford centric movie and it was Basically, the movie was kind of written by her daughter after she died, and her daughter kind of, like, told you, like, the untold story of Joan Crawford Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Yeah. This is, like, the untold story of Betty Davis and Joan Crawford's relationship in this new anthology series that they're starting with Feud. And I think, like, the second season of Feud is going to deal with uh, Prince Charles and uh, Princess Diana.
0: Oh, wow. So
4: this is, like, the first of, you know, the Feud installments. I give it a high taste. It Susan Sarandon is fantastic. My problem is just because I saw mommy dearest. Now, do I think that you need to watch mommy dearest to enjoy this series? Part of me says yes, because like they introduced Joan Crawford and, uh, you know, of course, like they're feuding the whole show is called feud. They're feuding with one another and they get both, they get this role in whatever uh, happened to baby Jane. And of course, like both of them are wanting to suck up to the crew And so when uh, Joan Crawford shows up, she shows up with gift bags for everybody, and then she also shows up to set with a Pepsi-Cola machine, and she's always posing with Pepsi-Cola. Well, you'll know if you watched the Mommy Dearest that she actually married, like, the president of Pepsi, PepsiCo.
5: Oh, shit. And,
4: (laughs) like, you know, she took over that company for a while. (laughs) It was fucked up, like, and you learn that from that movie. So I think, like, you get a lot of background on the character in Mommy Dearest, Mm -hmm. and I think it's to your benefit to see that because you get the background of the character, but it's also detriment Mm -hmm. because Jessica Lange is just not as captivating yet as Joan Crawford, okay? Mm. So I don't know what to tell you. Like, do you need to see whatever happened to Baby Jane? I think that would be a good movie to watch after you've seen this. Do you need to see the movie Mildred Pierce? I've seen it. It's a fantastic movie. It's so good, and it's brought up in this movie, uh, in this show. Uh, you know what? Do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I it, mean this show yeah. is
0: intended to work without any of that. <laughs>
4: Yeah. It is it, it is. It's hard for me to separate though, Jake. Oh no, I'm not yeah. saying, but yeah.
0: I, I still think you can, you can come in not having seen any of that and and pick up on what's going on.
4: Sure, I, I think like the the Pepsi the Pepsi stuff might be a little confusing. Yeah, it might be because like you get that background in this. They keep showing Pepsi, and it's like some people are probably maybe think like, why do they keep showing? <laughs> what is the deal with this Pepsi stuff? Because like there's there's throwaway lines in this, Jake. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like I came in with an advantage having seen Mildred Pierce and having seen Mommy Dearest. Mm-hmm. But it's almost to, like, my detriment, like I said, because Jessica Lange just is not – she's not my Joan Crawford yet. Yeah. Well, okay. hopefully that will change. I'm hoping it'll change. Um, it will change. It's a great movie. It's a great show. It, it's a really good show, though. And it, it features these two actresses who, like, in this day and age are, are – in this in this role in this show, they're considered like past their prime. It's 1961, and they're 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 aging. They're older, and there's younger up and coming actresses. And and one of the actresses they point out that's coming into her own at this time is Marilyn Monroe. And so, like, they are constantly being pushed aside by young and up and coming actresses like Marilyn Monroe, who's mm-hmm. like, you know, she's like queen shit of fuck mountain yeah the hit girl <laughs> exactly and so you know they they harbor some anger towards her like where they were getting the roles that Marilyn are getting now Betty Davis is on Broadway and Joan Davis is just struggling to stay in the spotlight yeah and
0: because it's not like there's hundreds of movies that you can be in, right? Like there is now. Like, yeah, very limited.
4: And this, and this, I mean, and and this does a great do- job of showing that. So, um, basically, it's they're at this point in their career where they're they're older, and so they're thinking to themselves, like, what can we do to make our mark on Hollywood now? Everyone remembers Joan Crawford. Everyone remembers Betty Davis, but. Nobody wants to see them in a solo project, but how can we capture everyone's attention now? We can get both of these great actresses in the same movie Mm -hmm. together, and that's what they do here. This sets this up, and so the feud has – we've seen elements of the feud in the first episode, but the feud is really going to start to heat up when they start filming this movie and so um, I, I do think that you need to watch this. I give the I give the first episode a high taste. I think this could go into Tupperware territory. So definitely check it out. Feud on FX. I, I, I did enjoy the first episode.
0: So. Yeah, it sounds really good. I like shows like that yeah. where it's like the behind the scenes of making yeah. a movie type of show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So stuff's really cool.
4: Yeah. Uh, let's uh, – who wants to jump in?
0: Uh, I'll go briefly for a second. All right, Jake. Um, I finally got a chance to uh, watch uh, Moana – over this this last week yeah yeah it came out on physical copy and i was able to pick it up yeah and uh, i absolutely loved it thank you yeah it it was a giant tupperware for me isn't it yeah it was it was one of disney's finest
4: all right okay i want you to give your review yeah and then i want you to tell me what's better Kubo or moana at the end at the end yeah okay Uh, before i forget yeah no problem no problem
0: yeah this was just so great i mean just like Everything just classic Disney animation. Like there was probably like half a dozen moments where I like was just like swelling up on the verge of tears in this fucking movie. Yeah, like it was just almost like too much to take at some points of it. I was just like, oh my god, this movie. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was amazing. Uh, all the songs were really fucking great. Yeah, uh, the animation was just so on point. Maybe the finest animation. That Disney Studios has ever done yeah. in this movie—it yeah. was unbelievable. And so many different like landscapes. I know in the trailers, like you see just the the ocean stuff and everything, but in the actual movie, they they do so much crazy stuff, like with forests and with the, the underground land of the monsters that they go to. Jermaine Clements, yeah, the turtle, the turtle. Are you yes. crazy? Oh, he he does one of my. The song that he does is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. it's a total homage to uh, David Bowie.
5: Mm-hmm. Type it's music. called Shiny.
0: Yeah, like it, it sounds like it could be like a lost David Bowie song. It's, yeah. it's pretty outstanding. Uh, the Rock is marvelous in this. Like, oh, isn't he? As a voice actor, <laughs> The Rock is just like spectacular. He definitely has a future of doing more voice acting if he you know, ever loses his, his thing, his looks, or gets too old, you know? Yeah. So he definitely has a long career in doing stuff like that, I think this proves. Um, yeah, I, I, I could just gush about this forever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the bigger thing to be is, is I'm a huge Frozen fan, and I still can't decide which of which of those I like better, mm. this, this or Frozen. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm. I think I think this is more gorgeous than Frozen, <clears throat> but I think Frozen is a little bit better song-wise. Yeah, if I were going to go anywhere or the I other. I haven't seen Frozen. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I would have given this movie of the year, though. I would have given it to this over Kubo. It's, well, hard, it's hard not hmm. to.
4: Well, I mean, doesn't matter what we think because Zootopia won the Oscar. Yeah, I mean, Zootopia is a great movie. I mean, yeah. but I, I feel like Moana and Kubo stand head and shoulders above Zootopia, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they rare, they rarely get that award right. I feel oh. like the animation award has been pretty spotty over the last decade. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. That was a shock that Zootopia got it over, over those two. I wasn't shocked that Kubo didn't win, but I guess I am a little bit shocked that Moana didn't take it.
4: I think Kubo yeah. should have got more love. I really oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. i yeah. champion that movie all day and all
4: night.
5: I just recently picked that up uh, when you told me it was on sale. I haven't got around to watching it yet, but I did buy it.
4: If there's a sequel, are they going to call it uh, Kubo and the Three Strings? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An additional Ooh. string, gentlemen. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Moana was fantastic, though. Total Tupperware. Yeah. I probably would have made it my animated movie of the year, too, had I watched it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was mine. I'm almost glad I didn't, though. Just like you said, so we could give Kubo a little bit more love. Kubo was great. It really so, was yeah. great. Gave me a reason to bring that up.
4: Yeah. Hey, uh,. Hopner. You know, we call you Hopner. I know your last name's not Hopner. It's Happner. It's fine. Hopner. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop, you son of a bitch?
2: <laughs> uh, I've got a couple things that I can <laughs> run through really quickly. Uh, but to go back to what you were saying about a feud and Mom and Dearest and all that. Yeah. Uh, Mom and Dearest, What Happened to Baby Jane, and uh, uh, Mildred Pierce are all on uh, uh, Amazon to watch. So... Anybody who should. I actually just bought all three of them, so
4: that's going to be my tomorrow. Thank oh, you for yeah. the recommendations. No, they're fantastic. And Mildred Pierce, for his, like it's fucked up. When you watch Mommy Dearest, like, you don't want to watch Mildred Pierce and enjoy her performance because the movie makes you hate Joan Crawford so <laughs> much.
2: Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it in that order, thanks. I want to see if I can overcome that.
4: Oh, she's so good in it, though. She's so fantastic in that Mildred <laughs> Pierce movie. It really is, like, her shining moment. I, I believe she wins an Oscar for that, so. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so thanks for the recommendations on that. Um, just a uh, quick catch-up on a couple things. Almost most of this you guys have covered already, so I'm going to blow through it really fast. Uh, in the last couple weeks, I finally went and saw a Lego Batman I taste that it's a lot of fun but you know the message of it I know you Brian hate the Lego movie but I really love that that one's a Tupperware for me because uh, it says it has a little bit more to say than Lego Batman, but Lego Batman's a lot of fun. Nothing really to complain about. Well,
4: it. What is it saying? Like, like I want to hear what. Like, what's the fucking message <laughs> uh,
0: for, uh, of the Lego Movie?
2: Yeah, for like, me,
4: for me, everything. What's that the, fucking song? Everything's awesome. Everything is about, that the message?
0: It's about. It's no. about multiple themes. Individuality is God. definitely a big one. Listen to for you me, it. for me, the biggest one is,
2: for the Lego Movie is about the the relationship between. Uh, fathers and uh, their children when it pertains to a shared interest and how that age gap changes your perception of how you handle it with it because Will Ferrell's character obviously you know spoiler alert Honda's uh, uh, because he's you know got all the sets and everything and he's gluing them together wanting to stay the same because it's more of a a model at that point than a plaything, and how that perception changes over time from childhood to adolescence to adulthood and all that stuff and Because I played with Legos, and I still occasionally do, so it spoke to me on that level. Um, but Lego Batman was a lot of fun, uh, so high taste on that. Saw Logan uh, with my buddy Chris. Uh, tough aware of that one. Uh, everything you guys said, to a T, I agree with absolutely. Uh, except, except Dan. Except Dan
1: West. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, you know, he's not here, so... <laughs> Uh, uh, but to get on something different, uh, a quick video game one, uh, I don't know, Frank, if you got, have uh, had a chance to play this yet, cause you have a PS4, right?
5: Yeah, I got a PS4. Yeah, you probably have you, three uh, of them have you yet, gotten,
2: uh, Horizon Zero Dawn?
5: No, not yet. Uh, there is a lot of stuff I gotta get caught up on. And yeah. honestly, I figured that if that is any good, it'll still be good in nine months when the hype's died down a bit and I can get it for half price. Instead of having to pay like 80 bucks to get it all right now to find out it's broken if it was.
2: Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it'll still be (laughs) there. But I would definitely recommend when there's a decent price to drop on it to pick it up. Uh, I think it's worth the full uh, $60 for it. Uh, I really, really love that game. It's, uh, an open world, semi-open world, kind of like the more recent Far Cry's or the, uh, rebooted Tomb Raider games.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, down to like the, the weapon systems and the, uh, combat style and the, uh, skill trees for leveling up and so forth.
4: Guys, now but hold on. Now that they've introduced open worlds, can you really, can you really advertise a closed world? <laughs> you know, like now that they've introduced the open worlds, you can't really, you can't. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. This time we're raining it in. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we're gonna pull back on the open
4: world. <laughs> if you know? anything, they're trying to yeah. just get
5: away from like linear progression type games, like Final Fantasy 13 was, where you literally just travel in one direction the whole time.
4: I yeah. was trying to make yeah. a joke, and you're I'm... all being serious. <laughs> <with the joke. laughs> Fuck off, Frank. Uh, game nerd.
5: <laughs> I mean, you're
1: both right.
2: You're both right. I agree <laughs> on both levels to one degree or another. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool story. The main character Aloy, she's really cool and a really good uh, strong character uh, but it's like the lore of the world because uh, basically it takes place like a thousand years in the future. Civilization had crumbled at some point in time entirely and it's kind of back to uh, more uh, pre-industrial age stuff so it's a lot of like stone work and iron work and whatever but there's these wandering like half of the wildlife are these machine animals so like there's you know mecha versions of deer and you know uh tigers and shit uh and kind of trying to and figuring out and unraveling through as you go through the game the okay what happened why are these things here uh and just trying to unravel all the history that happened a thousand years before your character was ever even born it's really it's a lot of fun it's really interesting it's great lore and uh i'm a For game for video games, I'm a very story driven guy, so that's what usually draws me in for it and it's gotta find
0: out why those robot tigers are there, huh? Yeah,
4: and robot deer. Oh, and robot bunnies, I think you said. Robot deer and wild yeah, just wildlife in general.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's like giant giraffe things. There's what I guess would be equivalent to like, you know, a T-Rex kind of a predator situation Finally, going on. Finally, somebody's
4: <laughs> fucking telling this story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's fascinating because you hunt these things too, uh, and they all have like really, uh, interesting, like, uh, patterns that you can track with a device and follow them and see where they're going. So you can either do it stealthy or just run in and try to take them out, you know, face to face. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a really good game. Uh, so Frank, if you're a story, if you're interested in a story kind of a game, it's a good one to pick up.
5: Okay. Yeah. I'll keep it in mind. I'll check it out. I'm kind of wondering like a, a robotic T-Rex. Does it still have the stubby ass little arms or would they have upgraded that shit?
2: Hmm. I think they just got rid of the arms entirely. <laughs>
5: that seems like a step in the wrong direction. What if his nuts itch?
2: I don't think he could reach them
4: anyway. <laughs>
5: This uh, this uh, All like, right.
4: Has the show jumped the shark? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I spoke too soon about the de-evolution. Of <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I think now it's I think happening. Now, I, yeah, I, I <laughs>
4: like like for a second there, I think our listeners were imagining a show of just Daniel Hopner and Frank. <laughs> that's that's where I was. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a bad uh, vision to have. Now I've yeah. got like I've got a vision in my head of like some of our listeners just like putting like the gun barrel in their in, in their mouths <laughs> <laughs> and just getting ready to pull the trigger. Like this is what my PCL has become. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All
2: right. Yeah, I'm envisioning that they already. Pulled the trigger a while ago, and now it's just the
4: audio is still playing,
2: and the corpse is just sitting live
4: oh. for a while. Yeah, I think, I'll, re- ah, I think I'll redecorate my wall with brain matter. I think yeah. that's what I'm going to do. A good even coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. A show of Frankenhopper? Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, thank you. Toss it, anyway.
2: Yeah. I I toss it, too. Like a salad.
0: What, what rating did you get that game, anyway? I don't think I remember Tupperware, Tupperware, okay. Tupperware. Tupperware the Robot Tiger.
4: Daniel Hopner, you know, before I forget, and I seem to forget a lot of things all the time, you have your own podcast. Go ahead and tell our listeners about it. I do.
2: Uh, It's called Something Something Nostalgia. Uh, That was originally a placeholder name. We decided, eh, good enough, just go with it. Uh, we, you know, we review a lot of stuff from our childhood, so like from the 80s and 90s, this covers things like, uh, animated shows. Uh, the two big ones that we've done so far were, uh, uh, Batman the Animated Series went through season by season. Uh, for me, we did a whole Godzilla retrospective. Uh, we just recently, these will be coming out a little bit later, but we went through, uh, Transformers Gen 1. Uh, we do oh, nice. movie stuff. Yeah, we do movie stuff. Uh, we do a lot of top ten lists of, like, our favorite action movies. Uh, the most recent episode that I just posted today that will be up on iTunes sometime tomorrow uh, is uh, top ten uh, worst film adaptations. Mm, that's interesting. From, like, book to movie? Some other medium to movie, oh. yeah. So, like, a book or TV show or whatever.
4: Video game. Uh,
3: oh, wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's right there. one or two in there. I I'm, think.
3: I'm interested
4: to hear your thoughts on uh, Transformers Gen One. You know, yeah. Well, I'm a huge Transformers fan, and I'll be. Yeah, I know. I know if, you, if are.
2: you. If you do invite me back, I'll be back for the
4: last night review. How cool was it a few weeks ago? I'm gonna I'm gonna peel back the curtain for everybody. Um, uh-huh. Pablo Hidalgo, uh, one of the uh, story writers for uh, the uh, the uh, Star Wars Lucasfilm movies. He's one of the story group writers. Yeah. Like yeah. he he's been drawing a different Star Wars uh excuse me, a different generation one Transformers character every week. Those and have been so cool. They've been very cool and he posts them on, on Twitter and I saw that he posted one was it Grapple? Uh, I think so. Or Trailblade or Trailbreaker.
2: He's done both. I yeah. think, at this
4: point, I think it was Grapple though, and I like, I, I like uh, tagged you in his tweet, and then all of a sudden, like you and Pablo Hidalgo are having like this ongoing conversation. <laughs> I was, I yeah. thought that, that was so cool. I was just like, I was just like, I was like, you know, I'm a big Transformers fan, but I'm just like watching, I'm just like watching you and Pablo Hidalgo like fanboy out about Transformers, <laughs> and it was, it was, a, it was a fun exchange, dude.
2: Yeah, today's one. Yeah, he just posted one 11 hours ago, which was uh, Thrust, which is one of the uh, Jet guys. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So, so did any of the Transformers movies are like four out of the ten movies Transformers movies on your t- on your countdown list? Uh, no, because I think we just kind of blanked it. They suck. Moving on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh oh, No, actually, I think Sneak I actually, no, I believe the second one made it on the list somewhere.
4: Oh, that's the worst one for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, boy, isn't it? All right, guys. So, yeah, check out uh, uh, uh Something Something Nostalgia. Throw it on your iTunes and uh, subscribe.
5: You know, hey, Frank, uh,
4: have we gotten what you have for Good Pop That Pop this week?
5: No, uh, it's just a real quick one. Yeah. Uh, I had an animated movie as well. Uh, I watched Sing the illumination studios uh, is that with the with was... the gorilla uh there's a gorilla in it matthew yeah. mcconaughey does the the voice of uh, buster moon the guy oh yeah, buster moon yeah uh <laughs>
4: that sounds like a porn
5: <laughs> he's a koala buster moon dude <laughs> it's uh he, he's the uh, owner of a theater and it's failing and he's is dark De- side of the moon <laughs> anal <laughs>
4: mm.
5: <laughs>
1: sorry. go ahead, Frank. <laughs>
5: anyway, all right. that's all right. Uh, anyway, uh, he comes up with a scheme to have a singing competition, and uh, the movie's a taste. It it's all right. I mean, a lot of you know renditions of songs we've heard before and stuff. But nothing anywhere near like Milan. what if or, wait,
4: what if they did uh what if they did the songs from uh Kong skull Island, some credence? would you <laughs> would it have been a Tupperware you' were, you were digging I, that I, shit.
5: I like that. I didn't Tupperware and Tupperware. no,
4: no, no, you love the songs though, oh,
5: yeah, I like that. so if
4: they used the same songs in this fucking <laughs> this animated movie, no. would it have been a Tupperware for you? no, all right, fair enough,
5: but yeah, I mean. One of the things that I think hurt it is, like, you've got Matthew McConaughey. I mean, he's... <laughs> wow.
4: Wow. Throwing, throwing some shade at Matthew McConaughey.
5: Well, the thing is, is that I, I would have <laughs> well, uh, One of the more. things that
4: hurt it was, uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was, he was great in Kubo. Yeah, he was. Right? Yeah, yeah. he was. He was fantastic in Kubo. I, I haven't seen it. I don't know. Well, don't fucking watch it, you son of a bitch.
2: It It was so good, I didn't realize it was him. Thank you. He was so
4: good in that movie.
5: You're saying Matthew McConaughey's voice acting in this was a problem? Uh, Not like a problem. It just didn't stand out. Nobody really stood out. Uh, It it also has um, Reese Witherspoon, Seth MacFarlane, and Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Yeah. And like with something like, say, Moana, you could tell The Rock is The Rock. You you could tell in a lot of Disney movies like Zootopia, you could tell that um, the Fox – was uh dude from Arrested Development. I can't think of his name right. Jason the Bateman. Jason Bateman. Uh, I mean, it, it it's their spin on it. You can appreciate it's them doing the work. And in this, I really didn't feel like anybody stood out. It, there wasn't really any heart or anything mm-hmm. to the movie. It was right when they have the scene competition, then it's kind of over. Mm-hmm. It just kind of fell flat. I mean, I'm subjected to a lot of these kind of movies uh, because I've got a three-year-old. Don't you think the Fox should have been Michael J. Fox?
4: Oh, that'd have be been great. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out that'd there. Be great. I know it's meta, but whatever.
5: Yeah, a I've little seen
0: a tr- out of the
4: nose. Ah, fuck you, Hoppner.
0: <laughs> I've seen the trailers for Sing. Like it looks like just like a a movie created to get little kids excited to sing pop songs. Like it didn't yeah. really seem like it had much like else going for it. Right. I mean, it yeah.
5: didn't seem like there was much of. A, I mean, there was a story to tell, but I mean, it's kind of bare bones and really simplistic. Mm. And I, it just did. It, 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 it. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it or anything. It was That's just why I had okay. to taste it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just okay. It was yeah. all right. I would have expected more from the people that they had in there. But I will say one thing that I did like. Uh, um, Seth MacFarlane's character mm-hmm. sings kind of like a member of the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. And he's got that real, real velvety baritone voice. So I did enjoy hearing him sing. That was yeah. that was pretty good. But other than that, it's just me. Nah. Okay.
0: Another movie ruined by Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> He was great in Kubo. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. So good in Kubo. He that's, must have been in free state of Jones mode. That's when he why, like, that when move.
4: you said, when you said, like, oh, yeah, you know, you got Matthew McConaughey and you're just kind of, like, shitting on that, I was like, dude, fucking Kubo. Oh, my God. I know you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah. Oh, he was so good in that, man. So.
5: Looking forward to watching it.
4: Yeah, you need to watch it. Uh, Jake, I know you got one more thing left. Oh, yeah. No rush. But uh, I want to talk about a couple of things real quick. I, I, uh, I'm getting caught up on season four of Orphan Black. Now, my problem was with watching season four of Orphan Black, which came out a year ago, is the fact that season one and season two were so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And season three was so convoluted and lackluster.
0: Yeah, season three lost me.
4: Season three was a rough watch. I mean, we've got they they introduce so much. I mean we've we've got well, who do we got? All these big corp these big evil corporations. We've yeah. got like Topside, we've got Dyad, then they introduce the Neolutionists. I mean, season four they introduce Brightbirth. But season three was so bad, it was so convoluted and so hard to follow. Mm-hmm. And you know, we didn't get Felix much in season three and I love Felix in season one and season two. Yeah, he's one of my faves too season four is they correct the course. They correct the course somewhere. I'd say within, within three to four episodes, they've corrected the course of the problems of season three and season four really pushes through and it pushes the story forward and it's fantastic. And I'm going to give, I'm going to give, um, most of the episodes of Tupperware. There's some, there's some high taste it's there, mm-hmm. but it really pushes the season forward and it pushes the story forward. And I'm, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna. I've got two episodes left of season four, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited for season five to come back in May. So I, I definitely, I highly recommend you got to watch season three. Slogging through season three, you got to, you got to, you got to push through season three. But once you get to season four, it's gonna turn around for you. Okay, it's gonna turn around for you, and it gets better. You get better, Casima. You get. I mean, the story of Rachel gets uh, gets better. Uh, it, Rachel, uh, she, she comes back. It's, it's, you oh, gotta watch it. Yeah. You gotta watch it. Helena takes a little bit of a break from the series, which is interesting. You gotta watch it. It's, it's really fantastic. I love it. Tatiana Maslany is just doing a great job of playing all these different characters. And it's like people can say like, oh, okay. Yeah. So she plays like six, seven, eight different characters in this one fucking show. Big fucking deal. I see, uh, all these different actors play different characters in every movie, mm-hmm. but she's showing up the set. Every day and playing a different character and doing it so well. Like,
0: oh, when, yeah, you believe they're separate yeah, people.
4: When she's, yeah, exactly. You yeah.
0: believe in their existence as e- separate people.
4: Exactly. Yeah. And that's what makes this. Sh- hey, Hoppner, do you watch this show?
0: Hoppner. Sorry. Uh, no, I have not watched it yet. <laughs> All right. Gee, I'm, I'm glad Did I – Did you fall down? Or it, I'm glad we brought, started calling your name there.
4: Yeah. No, no. I had the mic muted for a moment. Dude, um. you might want to look into a life alert, dude. Next time you <laughs> fall down, and you can't get up. Um, But yeah, it does she, happen season four of Orphan Black, it's a return to form. It's fantastic. Uh, definitely watch – if you haven't watched the first two seasons, watch them. You're going to love them. <laughs> like Jay said, slog through season three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, I loved Orphan Black. Yes! It was like my favorite fucking shit. Yes.
4: And then, like, all of a sudden, season three, I'm like yes. four
0: episodes in and yes. I'm like,
4: Arr. dude, because they get into the caster clones. Yeah. And that's what kills it, dude. The caster clones fucking kill this show. Because, like, I thought the caster clones could be so good. And they kind of ruin the show, and they eliminate that Jake in mm. season. Caster is still a part of it, but, like, it's not as big a part of it. So slog through season three, get to season four. It's a return to form, and now I am pumped for season five, which is the final season. Guys, also, I watched Making History on Fox. It's the uh new uh comedy show uh with Adam Pally. I'm a big fan of Adam Pally. Frank, you remember him as Max on – uh happy endings
5: oh okay yeah
4: yeah and he was also in um the mindy project and uh he played like the uh the camera guy in iron man 3 i think yeah, this yeah. guy's hilarious i think yeah, he's so great, great. He, i love him as much as i love tyler labine from fucking uh reaper and uh it was sons of tucson and uh dalen tucker versus evil i love adam Pally. i think he's great this first episode was really it's a hard watch it was um it's about it's a guy whose father's like uh who is into history he he invented this duffel bag body like it's like a body-sized duffel bag if you get into it it, it's kind of like a bill and ted thing where you can go back in time so he goes back in time to like the revolutionary war and he's been visiting the revolutionary war period for quite a while and he's been uh, dating paul revere's daughter and it's a comedy i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna be generous and give it a I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give it a low taste it. I didn't really enjoy the first episode. I, I really didn't like it hmm. as much as I thought I would. But I, it's a series that I know what Alan, Adam Pally can do. And I know how talented and funny this guy is that I'm going to stick with the series no matter how bad it gets. But that's just me. I know I'm not selling it right now and I feel fucking awful for giving it this rating. But I got to be honest. As much as I love Adam Pally. I'm not going to fucking come in here and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to give it a fucking Tupperware. I love this fucking show because I love Adam Polly. It's the first episode's rough. I'm going to see where it goes. But on the flip side, I have I have, I have have a lot of faith in Fox because, like, fucking uh, Last Man on Earth. Oh, yeah. With Will Forte, season three, been fantastic. This last episode, did you see the Kristen Wig episode? No. There was an episode of season three. It's all Kristen Wiig. It's all Kristen Wiig, and oh, it wow. is so good. It is so good. One of the best episodes in TV I've seen all fucking year. It is so good. Like all season, season three, they've been showing this drone that's been flying over where mm-hmm. the group has been living, and we find out that this drone has been controlled by Kristen Wiig's character. Mm. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. It is so good. I love the fact that Will Forte has such great relationships with SNL alumni that mm-hmm. he can bring in guys like Jason Sudeikis. He can bring in actresses like Kristen Wiig. And this show just gets better and better and better and better. Another show mm. that I'm going to give praise for is Baskets Season 2. Louis Anderson, uh, Zach Galifianakis, fucking amazing. The show got greenlit for Season 3. Cannot wait for fucking Season 3. Season 2 is so fucking excellent. Yeah, this Lou- is,
0: Louis wanna, um, fucking Emmy for it right I,
4: This it's news to me but yeah if, if he did it doesn't surprise me one fucking bit yeah I'm pretty sure this show is fantastic season 2 has been great so happy it got greenlit for season fucking 3 cannot wait um, last thing I'm going to talk about here real quick and then I'm going to hand it over to Jake and then we're going to wrap this fucking bullshit up is uh, I watched a documentary on HBO it's called Tickled Oh yeah, you were telling me about this. Tickled. It's finally on HBO. It was uh, released originally at one of these festivals, one of the, like Sundance or Cannes or whatever the fuck. And it's journalist David Ferrier stumbles upon a mysterious tickling competition online. As he delves deeper, he comes up against fierce resistance, but that doesn't stop him from getting to the bottom of a story stranger than fiction. This is a documentary. It is based on a true story. There is this group that, there's this group that started this tickling, there's a tickling fetish, they started a tickling competition, and basically they were telling young men that we'll give you $1,500, we will fly you out to Los Angeles, and you will be involved in a tickling competition. And (laughs) these men film this, but once they film it, they get their money and they go home, something very sinister happens to them. And any type, like, you know, if they want these videos taken down, they are met with backlash from the person that posted them. And it starts to ruin their lives. And it's based on a true story. Oh, shit. And... I hope they. I hope that I'm going to give it a high taste. It the director. I hope the director follows up with this story. Now, if you get online, um, uh, this is called Tickled, and I think there's like a follow up. There's a follow up that's 20 additional minutes of what happens after Tickled. The documentary ends, and I think it's called Ticklish or something like that. And I highly recommend that you watch that too. And it's available on HBO. But I give it a high taste. It the ending wasn't as satisfactory as I wanted it to be. But I think, like, they could have a part two, and we could see where this story goes. Are, I, are both shows bundled together on the HBO thing? They're not. Okay. They're not. It's separate. It, I have, I'll have to Google and find out exactly, like, what the 20-minute the supplement is yeah. called. It's called, like, like, the first one's called – the actual movie's called Tickled. It's, okay. like, an hour and a half. But the supplemental 20-minute bonus is called, like, Ticklish or something. And I, it's it's really good. It, it, it's good. It deals with stuff that happened after.
0: Yeah, I always like to see that when yeah. I watch
4: a doc. It deals with stuff that happened after Tickled. I highly recommend this, though. It's available on HBO Go. It's available on HBO On Demand. Mm-hmm. And this show, I know it sounds ridiculous. It's about tickling competitions, oh. but it takes, like, this sinister, weird turn. I don't want to spoil too much. It's, it's one of those things, like, I feel like if I delve any more into it, I'm going to give it away. And I want people to watch this. So definitely watch Tickled on HBO. Mm-hmm. And if you watch it and send me an email about it, I would love to hear your responses. I would be happy to read those responses on this podcast. So just throwing that out there. Jake. What do you have to say? Uh, What's your last thing that Um, you've got? I
0: wanted to talk about uh, last week was my birthday and Michelle bought me the Nintendo Switch to my surprise. Yeah. So I've had a chance to uh, play the Nintendo Switch for about a week now.
4: I also have had a chance to play the Nintendo Switch because uh, you were gracious enough to invite me over a couple yeah. weeks ago.
0: Yeah, we had a, a, our first ever Nintendo Switch party to yeah. try out some of the multiplayer stuff. Yeah. And uh, so far, I'm pretty impressed with the system. Um, it's not a Tupperware, but it, it's definitely a taste-it veering into a high-taste-it. Um, yeah. I think it has a lot of potential. Let me get this fucking <laughs> mint out of my mouth. It's messing up my talking.
4: <laughs> wow sorry about that behind the scenes there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. jake's got a mint in his mouth hey man you know i can't smell your breath over here don't worry about all right it. all right good
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm really impressed with the actual like hardware itself like the stuff feels really dice yeah and it's really neat how seamless it is from being a portable system to a home console like they've really handled that part really nicely from what i can tell so far i mean it's you pop the thing out, and within a couple seconds, it's a portable, and you put it back in, and it's pop right on your TV, and a couple seconds later, it's pretty fucking neat for, like, uh, you know, Zelda on the go. Like, you take it to bed and play it for another half an hour before you go to bed without mm-hmm. even hitting the pause button or moving the console from one room to the other. It's it's a pretty nifty thing. Um My biggest worry about it is, you know, software support and whether or not Nintendo, even if it's just Nintendo giving me games, are they going to give me more than two games a year, Mm -hmm. you know, and will I keep getting good games for this? But it's really nice so far. I feel like it's a little bit what the Wii U should have been, Yeah, but they just didn't have it, like, fully realized yet at the time.
4: The thing about Nintendo, though, is, like, replayability yeah replayability you know like i i can always go back and play mario kart yeah yeah you know yeah. I, it doesn't matter what version of mario kart i can always go black, back and play mario kart and i'll tell you like i i saw the gameplay of the the zelda game mm-hmm. it's gorgeous
1: oh yeah it's yeah, go- pretty-
4: it's fucking gorgeous man and, and yeah the, the music's phenomenal um it, it's it's a gorgeous game.
0: Yeah, it's getting rave reviews. I, I haven't really had a chance to put in more than a couple hours into it, but it, it does not hold your hand at all. Like, There's like two minutes of introduction, and then it's boom. You're in the open fucking world, yeah. and you can pretty much run and do whatever you want, Yeah. smacking guys and taking their weapons and hunting animals and just right away. It's, yeah. it's really neat. Um, and we played a lot of the uh, multiplayer stuff. There's a game called 1-2 Switch, Um they make you buy this game. It should have been bundled in because it's basically just a glorified demo right. of a lot of the like kind of kitschy unique stuff. You can it should do have been like, the like your like
4: your Wii Sports bundled. Or, yeah, 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 or like yeah. your
0: uh, what was with the Wii U uh, Nintendo Land. Yeah, like that kind of showed off like what the new like hardware and system can do. But it's it's a lot of fun. Like if you have people over, there's like a lot of neat stuff. A lot of really goofy – This is probably the most Japanese. Nintendo game mm-hmm. that they've ever put out in America. Yeah. I mean, because there's games where you're milking cows <laughs> and w- runway walk. Putting the baby to sleep. Putting the baby to yes. sleep. That's a great <laughs> example. It's a great example. Yeah. You have to nurture your Joy-Con. Your Joy-Con We had a lot crying. of fun, though.
4: We really did. Yeah, I we
0: think did, have we did have a lot of fun. We did
4: have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you know, we were drinking, just having a good time. There's like quick draw competitions and table tennis. And it's really presented in a really nice way where you can kind of try out all the games while actually playing a competitive board game. Yeah, Nintendo always does good with that kind of stuff, like on their their solo titles, doing good multiplayer versus modes and stuff. So, yeah, I I mean, overall, it's it's pretty neat. I mean – hopefully the, the hope is, is that i beat zelda and there's something else out there for me to play though <laughs> yeah
5: yeah
1: yeah yeah have yeah. to play it a little bit uh, too
5: because you brought it last week yeah and i, I will give it this I, I didn't think that you know at the price point that they were hitting that i i really felt like we were going to get something the quality of the wii u but it all feels real you know tight and like a good quality build in your hands it's almost like Apple quality, especially yeah. when the Joy-Cons are separated, like we played that milk, mm-hmm. and it seems silly, but in such a small device, you've got so much, like I don't know, tactile sensation of you can feel when you're supposed to squeeze the udder, and when you're playing Pong, like you can feel it hit, and it's a real good, solid knock. The vibration really kind of helps draw you into the game.
0: Yeah, I think it's underreported how crazy, I think Nintendo's calling it uh Gosh, high-definition rumble technology or something oh, wow. goofy like that. <laughs> okay. But it really yeah. is crazy. Like, there's a game where there's marbles inside of the controller. Oh, yeah. And you have to yeah. actually tilt and shake the controller around <laughs> to figure out how many marbles are inside the controller. And there's obviously zero marbles inside the controller. Yeah. And it's all accomplished using the uh, vibration features in the yeah. controller. And it
5: really does feel like you're rolling around a wood box with some balls in it.
0: Yeah, it's really kind of freaky.
5: Yeah. And and one of the things, too, is, like, with the Wii and the Wii U, you had to have a motion sensor for oh, that the stuff.
4: Oh, the fucking – the prostate check game? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Fuck it. Guys, it's a joke. Move on. Sorry. That's okay. Uh,
0: Jesus. I'm surprised. I mean, that it's not – it wouldn't be shocking at this point. We milked
4: the fucking cow. <laughs> <laughs> No, but- <laughs> I think I sometimes I like I think Frank is gonna appreciate
5: these jokes and then he looks at me
4: like I'm
3: goddamn crazy. <laughs>
5: well no, I was on a train of thought and that like derailed it was all. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. But um like yeah, like whereas with those games you had the lag or whatever because it was going off of the light sensor thing. Yeah, yeah. This is really like one to one with the accelerometer. Like me and Jake were playing ping pong with each other, but we were looking at each other, not some figures on the oh, screen. Oh, the game.
4: The game definitely wants you to look at each other. Yeah, yes, you, yeah. like yeah. You're oh my god, to this you're game, really like, no. playing ping pong. Yeah, the fucking uh, the switch. It's all about you looking your whoever the fuck you're, <laughs> you're playing this with. You got to look them in the eye. Yeah, you can't be shy to play. It's once weird. You switch. Thank is God, the alcohol like, comes in handy. Thank God, there's like no fucking like masturbation game. <laughs>
3: <laughs> look, look in the eye. Make look sure to your look opponent opponent in the guilty. eye. <laughs> look your opponent in the eye. It's fucking, oh my God!
0: Yeah, this
4: <laughs> shit. Jesus
0: yeah. Christ! It, 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 it's pretty wild, though. Like, and I would give one two switch like a solid taste. It, yeah. Like, it, it's fun to bring out when there's like a bunch of people over and everything. But there's yeah. not much uh, value to it if you're a loner with no friends. Yeah.
3: So, oh yeah. If, fuck,
5: if you need to work on those muscles and practice for jacking off, it's your boy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I did play ping pong against myself once. I, I don't lie. think. I, I don't think. I. I, I Pray to God that I never have, like, incentive to jack off. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, thank God Nintendo came out with this system so I can beat my dick off. Yeah, just what you fucking need, like, to be
0: sad that you didn't get a perfect score. (laughs)
4: I I, I, I need to know I'm busting
5: the best nut possible. There's
4: like the the Family Guy episode where Peter was talking about who, it's like, like sex is a race and whoever comes first wins. (laughs) (laughs) And and Lois is like, yes Peter, I know you always win. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right guys i think this is all we got for good pop bad pop this week is that everything yeah that's it I, i'll
0: come back with a zelda review after i played it more for a few weeks all right i did have a quick question for
2: uh jake about the switch uh more of a hardware question um, because I've heard a lot of stuff. It's like a uh, like a,
4: fu- it turns into a fucking Q and A. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, just real quick. Uh. So uh yeah. yeah Daniel Hopner with, with Fox News uh, has a question <laughs> for
3: Jake. Yeah, I'll accept this uh, question.
2: MSNBC, really low quality here.
3: <laughs> Fake
4: news. All right, what do you got, Hopner? Uh,
2: because a lot of people have been saying that, um, uh, hardware-wise, when they put the uh the pad into the uh the dock.
0: That, yeah, that they're scratching uh, the screen. A week,
2: there's been yeah, there's been some scratching on the screens. Have you had any of that yet? No, I've had no issue with that. Okay, cool. I didn't know if you knew about it or not. Just a heads up in case you didn't. This you being
5: know. said, the man also keeps his iPhone seven out of a case, so you know he babies his shit. If you're rough on it, you may not want to go with that.
0: Yeah, well, I can see that being a fair. problem if you're like being rough with it and slamming it in there and shit. But it goes yeah. in there pretty easily.
5: What do you? Okay.
4: Doing? What are you doing? Like, like. like... Slam dunking. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like a fucking. Like, you performing a layup on this shit? I don't yeah. understand. Like, what are you doing? How From you... downtown. Like, yeah, I'm angry. No, <laughs> well, no, it slips
5: know. right in the side there. If you're not, like, right on the straight up and down, if you come yeah. in on an angle, you could probably scratch it. So. Oh,
1: yeah.
4: yeah, listen to you. I could see how it could be possible. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with news, you stupid fucking assholes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The way your dad looked at it, pop culture leftovers was your birthright. He'd be damned if any other podcasters
4: were going to get their greasy hands on his boy's birthright. So he hid it in the one place he knew he could hide something, his ass. Five long years, he wore this podcast up his ass, then when he died of dysentery, he gave me the podcast. I hid this uncomfortable piece of audio of my ass for two years. Then, after seven years, I was sent home to my family. And now, little man, I give the podcast to you. Oh, uh, hey, yo, what's up? We are back. Hey. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ugh. The energy Woo. level in this room is just, it's off the fucking charts. It Woo. is, it is. It's <laughs> off the charts. You know, like in Godzilla when they were doing the, uh, the hollow ground tests and they saw that the, uh, the levels were off the charts. We are also getting off the chart levels here on Pop Culture Leftovers with the enthusiasm in this room. <laughs> I have to take your word for it. I've never, <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> uh, what did I say? Did I say Kong? Or no, oh, I said, said Godzilla. Oh. Fucking Kong, Skull <laughs> Island, when they did the hologram time. Oh. I keep saying Godzilla. I've unfortunately <laughs> seen that. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we're going to move into the pop culture leftovers news.
3: Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as
5: fuck, yo.
4: All right, starting us off in gangster's fuck news. We got uh, two season two renewals. First off, I want to say Taboo gets a fucking season two order. Wow, nice. It's happening. We're going to get to see what happens in Taboo season two. Cannot fucking wait. And I'm call, I'm coming back with Talking yeah, Taboo. Yeah, I was going to ask,
0: does that also mean a renewal, a season two renewal
4: of Talking Taboo? You bet your fucking ass I love this show. <laughs> I fucking love this show. So I'm coming back to fucking uh, recap season two of Taboo. Uh, we also get... CW has ordered a second season of Riverdale.
0: There you go. There you go. More Riverdale.
4: More Riverdale. Cannot wait. So excited. All right, guys. Uh, Terminator 2 is going to get a uh, 3D release in theaters, and it's August 25th of this year. Uh, I will be there. I cannot wait. I haven't seen this movie in the theater in 26 years the last time I saw this, I was 13 years old, and I was watching it with our former co-host, Jay. That's awesome. Me and him as 13-year-old boys were watching Terminator 2 in the theater. So I cannot wait to see this get a 3D re-release. This is fantastic fucking news.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, the, like James Cameron did such a good job with the uh, 3D re-release of Titanic, like as far as the 3D rendering went,
4: that mm-hmm. I yeah.
1: bet
0: this is going to look really good. Yeah,
4: yeah. Hotner, what's your thoughts on this?
2: uh i tend to not like things when they're re in theaters in 3d but it is t2 which is one of the greatest action movies of all time so yes. i'll be there
4: fantastic that's great that's great frank
5: oh i'm willing to bet this is gonna be stellar
0: <laughs> yeah
2: i'm gonna watch it yeah Fuck yeah, I will.
0: hell yeah Hell fucking yeah, dude. Hopefully there's some free swag, some Terminator swag for that one night only (laughs) show. I'm interested to see the
5: turnout on this, because I remember when I first saw T2 in theaters, there was no room in the seats. I literally had to sit on the floor of the theater to watch it. Wow. That's funny.
2: (laughs) And I never got to see it in theaters, because I was like, what, six
4: years old? Well, maybe ten. So I didn't get to see it in theaters. Yeah, it was 1991 Mm. when it came out, so... Uh, guys, I've got a lot, a lot to say about this next story. I don't know if you guys read this. Jake, I'm guessing you have, but I'm gonna bring it up anyway. Remember, you guys remember those, uh, choose your own adventure books? Yeah. Oh yeah, I love oh, them. Oh yeah. I love them too. I had, uh, I don't know about you, Hopner, but I had some of the, uh, did you, did you have any of the, uh, I know you're a big Transformers fan. Did you have a, tra- did you have any of the, uh, Transformers choose your own adventure books growing up? No, I didn't even know those existed. Yes, really? yes, they do. Um, look them up on eBay. They might be there. Just give them a Google. But Transformers had their own line of Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I did I not know, know that. Indian I had a,
2: I had quite a few Choose Your Own Adventure books, but they were all um, kind of uh, a generic brand thing. Where it's like this one's in space, this one's the deep sea thing, this one is a whatever a
4: haunted theme park or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I had a, I had a bunch of those too. I had a bunch of your standard ones. Did you get a text message from the Power Rangers just there? I did. That was my buddy. Okay, cool. Just check it. Anyway, I had a bunch of like the Choose Your Own Adventure books, but I also had the Transformers line. I had like two or three of those and I I loved them. I thought they were fantastic. But anyway, Netflix starts working. They are starting to work on a technology that will allow viewers to decide how the story unfolds via their remote. So, guys, here are the bullet points. Netflix is to consider new interactive storytelling technology via their TV dramas. Next bullet point, the TV streaming company will make actors film alternative plot segments. Viewers at home would be able to decide the fate of the protagonists. And Netflix president Reed Hastings said, once you have got interactivity, you can try anything. The story goes on to say whether you love happy endings or – hold on, hold on. I just lost my place, guys. I apologize. Whether you love happy endings or a harsh blast of reality in TV dramas, you could soon be able to decide what you get. Netflix, the TV streaming company behind hit shows such as The Crown and House of Cards, is working on ways to give viewers control of the key plot decisions. Some of the storylines will be simple and linear, like the choose-your-own-adventure books many grew up with. For example, viewers might decide whether an inmate in the prison drama Orange is the New Black joins a new gang or not. The technology could also potentially be used to allow Princess Margaret to marry Peter Townsend in the Crown, instead of having, uh, God damn it, my fucking notes, Jesus Christ! Instead of having her uh, relationship with the divorce blocked by the establishment, basically whatever you get the you get the chance to f- choose your own fucking adventures in, uh, in, a, in a Netflix series. Oh. Yeah, I, I've got a lot to say about this. Yeah number one i fucking hate it yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: can i throw that out there i fucking hate it
0: yeah it's 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 not gonna work
4: but yeah, number number two i think it works if you're doing this with uh children's programming yeah yeah this works with children's programming like if you had a show called like uh billy the fucking caterpillar fucknut, nut right yeah yeah for sure <laughs> Perfect day for
0: a kid. Is he gonna go down the left path or the right path? Yeah, yeah. yeah
4: you know, you know, like what what's Billy the Caterpillar gonna do? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got leafy greens on the left hand side, but on the flip side over here we got fucking uh whatever, another caterpillar buddy he can hang out with. You know what I mean? And they can they can go on these fucking bullshit adventures. Yeah, those bullshit
0: uh, those bullet points are way too ambitious. Like it's never going to be like they describe, like you have complete control over what genre yeah. and outcomes and what the characters
4: no, do. No, I want the storyteller to be able to give me their fucking story. I right. don't want to be like, well, you know what? I want to see this character do this thing, so, You know, blah, 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 especially with their established projects, yeah. House of Cards, The Crown, Orange is the New Black, Stranger Things. Right. No, I want the Duffer brothers to be able to tell me what unfolds in the Stranger Things story. I don't want to be able to control, like, what Will does when he's in the Upside Down. No. I don't want to be able to fucking control what Eleven does, you know? Yeah. It, it, oh, is Eleven like going to eat the waffle, or is Eleven <laughs> going to fucking not eat the waffle? Hotner, go, hot go ahead, man. It seems like a
2: really weird thing is that the way they would kind of promote it is, yeah, taking established series that they already have – and, try, and giving you the idea that like you'll have alternate ways in which those stories can go down as opposed to trying to make brand new programming. That's why it seems like they're promoting it based on the press junket you're saying. That's a really not – yeah, exactly. It's not a good idea to be going down that route with those kind of pre-established series where we – it's clearly narrative driven. We have an idea of where we're going with. There's good story here. Why fuck around with that? Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna do that, yeah, make it some fucking children's programming or some, yeah, kind of generic choose-your-own-adventure yeah. bullshit that's not a existing IP. That's yeah, weird. Billy,
4: Billy the Caterpillar
0: fuck-night.
4: Yeah. <laughs> let him, let him <laughs> choose his own adventure. Frank uh, – uh,
0: Jake, I'm sorry. I don't Frank, think Mark it works Brian. either way, whether you're trying to do it with The Crown and Orz is the New Black or whether you're trying to do it with a new IP. I, I think that suffers, too, because you get a lot of shitty, phoned-in acting in this kind of thing mm-hmm. when you're having yeah. the same actor have to act out – Four or five different outcomes. Yeah, like it all suffers because you know yeah. he doesn't have one motivation to who his character is or what his character is. Right, and really so, good point. You see, just you're going to see really terrible acting
4: in these kind of things. So uh, this has not been 100 uh, you know given the thumbs up by Netflix. This is something that they're kind of experimenting with. I just think this goes into crazy experimental territory with Netflix. I, I understand, like they've done some great things for television. Yeah. They really have for streaming services in general. And I feel like most of the streaming services are trying to model themselves after Netflix. I think this is where it ends. I don't think that like Hulu (laughs) should like jump in on this. I think Hulu should like – Take advantage of this. Like, if Netflix is going to put their resources into this, Hulu should just focus on great programming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really good programming. That way they can get the edge over Netflix. Because I think Netflix is kind of like putting their resources into something I think is destined to fail. yeah Yeah. think about this like guys like i was a big fan of the show how i met your mother when it first came out i thought it was a great show i love the characters of ted and i loved colby smolder's character you know Mm -hmm. i i love jason seagal in this show i thought it was fantastic now what did that show do towards the end of its run they started listening to their audience Mm -hmm. their audience wanted certain things to happen with certain characters and so they started to uh, basically bend to their audience's wishes. And they started to make things happen in the show that the audience wanted. And I felt like the, it actually suffered yeah, when they started. Never to never cater to your audience exactly. Like that. And this is yeah. 100% catering oh, yeah. to where, like, you know, I might want something to happen in a show. And if I actually am given the control over what happens in a show and I'm actually getting what I want – it might not be what I want when I right. get done with it. Mm. And I might not revisit that show to see like a different outcome. And it doesn't mean anything. The show doesn't mean anything at that point. If right. you are giving dip, diff- if you're, Given different outcomes. Yeah, there's no stakes. It, there's right. no stakes. And a yeah. good
5: story takes everything into account a character's background, their motivation. Right. And then the impact of whatever big decision happens has upon them. That also is part of the story. Yeah. And when you disjoint it like this and have a either or kind of scenario, like you said, you think you know what you want yeah. until you get it and then it just, it's a pile of shit. Like this episode. Like if I could go back to the, be- <laughs> hold on, like if I could go back to
4: the beginning of this episode and we could have it. Without Hopner. Yeah. <laughs> like, how good would this episode be? Like, this might be the best episode of Pop Culture Leftovers <laughs> ever. <laughs> It would definitely be better. For <laughs> <laughs> if you want to continue without Hopner,
0: turn to page
1: 72
5: <laughs> <laughs> fast forward however
2: yeah. long I, from now. I think we've got to be by page hundred fifty at this.
1: They
2: <laughs> 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 made a real bad mistake going Hopner. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah.
4: but, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I just I think Netflix right now they they're on top and they're trying to experiment with new things, but I. I think that they're putting their resources – and by resources, I mean their money that they're mm-hmm. garnering from their original programming. I think they're putting it into the wrong places. Netflix loses – guys, I'm not kidding you. By not having ads like Hulu does, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Netflix loses at least $2 billion every year. Oh, yeah. That's why they bumped us all like a buck fifty just a little bit ago. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. But – By not having those ads and things like that, they've been able to give us great content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They really have. And soon we'll be able to choose that content Uh, and say what it does. Fuck (laughs) my life. I toss this. I toss this. I I cannot toss this anymore. Like if you have a lazy mind, if you have a lazy mind and you don't care and you just want to watch – I'm sorry if I'm insulting people. If you have a lazy mind and you don't care – about um, story, if you don't care about vision, then this is this is the programming that you want.
0: Yeah, if you I do- think it could be cool as a one-time-only
4: novelty. Well, it's cool for children's programming. You'd have to have given one the remote to your story. kid, interactivity with your child, watching your child be able to choose their own story is cool. That's why choose-your-own-adventure books aren't marketed towards adults. For the most case, <laughs> they might have choose your own adventure books for adults now, but as when they originally came out, they were for fucking children. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they don't have adult choose your own adventure books for the most part.
4: For them, I'm sure it's
0: out there. I'm sure it exists. There's game books like the Lone Wolf books. And but stuff I'm not, like but that. Hey, hold on. Yeah. On the flip
4: side, I'm not talking about like this shit's not blowing up. Shit's not blowing up. I'm not like fucking reading like another, a new article about a choose your own adventure for, uh, for, uh, for adults. Like, oh my god, 50 shades of gray, uh, 50, you know, 50 alternative shades of gray where you get to choose your own, uh, shade. Yeah, I th- I'm thinking like <laughs> the only. <laughs>
5: <laughs> choose, choose, your, choose, choose your shade. Choose your shade adventure. Uh, how kink do you want this? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, How dark do you want that gray? Right. Hey, hey do you want to use the uh, crap of nine tails? <laughs> or do you want to use the ball gag in yeah. this scenario? Do you want to spank the left cheek? Do we or yeah, need to spank word the right Oh, is the cat of nine tails. Anyway, whatever. Why not all of the above? Why am I using a fucking device that they use to torture Jesus <laughs> as a sexual tor- as a sexual Device. Hey, man, you're into what you're into. <laughs> Everybody's got a king. Yeah.
0: No, it's a safe zone. No, no questions asked. Fair enough. All right, Jake. <laughs> um, God, I lost my train of thought with that. Uh, I was thinking one way, I guess, like, just I'm just trying to think of a way you could make this idea work. Okay. 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 And I think maybe a way you could make it work is if you did it like a one-shot yeah. And it was like a murder mystery where you weren't completely in control of whether things were going to go great or bad.
4: Hi, I'm a fucking video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but
0: with actual with actors and on Netflix. Uh, was, I'm I'm just yeah. trying here. I know. I was I gonna know. say
5: video games are well traveled car- uh, categories with this. Uh, yeah. Bioware has uh, yeah. Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Hotner and I. Yeah. Were about why that not just there. play the video game
0: right. then? I'm thinking like Ace Attorney, but with actual like actors. And- well, I mean th-
5: those are uh-huh. good examples of stories that suffer badly from ambiguous decisions like anything that you've done in the past really doesn't carry any weight because of how many decisions is it's this had. news
4: to you guys did you guys read this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you did okay fair enough no, i hadn't heard this you hadn't heard it all right no
0: yeah it's pretty crazy
2: i would imagine though that uh when they say they're experimenting with it Odds are it's kind of just a, they're kicking it around. It's like very preconception at the earliest stage of like pre pre production idea. And I'd wager no more than nine months from now that, you know, we're never going to hear about abandon this it. Yeah, yeah, abandon it. Abandon it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't think they're, I don't think they're spending a lot of money on it yet. I think it's just an idea. They're like, hey, Let's put it out there as, All like, right. an idea and see what, you know, customer react or, you know, what uh, the reaction is from the public and what All right. And so, I let, I hey, this goes away.
4: Let's put some remotes in some test audiences and see what they have to say about this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's get a very diverse group of people from your movie buffs to your casual television viewers. Mm-hmm. And let's Mm -hmm. see how they stack up. Mm -hmm. And hopefully Netflix will realize that this is a bullshit model and they should abandon this because I think it's a waste of money. And you definitely should not do this with established shows. Oh, Oh, no. that would be poison like yeah. house of cards orange is the new black the crown stranger things stranger Th- things oh god if you do the the duffer brothers if they say that we're going to do this with stranger things the duffer brothers need to fucking say you know what sayonara motherfuckers we're yeah. out of yeah. here yeah. Yeah. oh so they would god. walk for sure they I'm need sure. to walk <laughs> They need to walk. Guys, let's move on. We all believe it's, we all agree it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. do you guys, did you ever watch the movie Overboard with Goldie Hawn? Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. Kurt Russell. All right. Well, apparently they yeah. feel like this is, uh, this is worthy of a reboot. And, oh. um, Anna Ferris is in talks to be the female lead, female lead with, uh, Eugenio Derbez, uh, from Miracles from Heaven, which I have no idea. I have no fucking clue what Miracles from Heaven is. You know, a a miracle from heaven is that this guy is even being mentioned (laughs) in this fucking movie. Another miracle from heaven is that they're even talking about fucking rebooting this gorgeous, this glorious fucking comedy from the 80s. Yeah, just re-release it in the theaters. Just re-release this movie in the fucking theaters. Uh, my question to you is, like, they've got Anna Faris in talks for this fucking movie to play the Goldie Hawn role. Mm-hmm. Why not just get her fucking husband, Chris Pratt, yeah. to play the role of Kurt Russell's that, character? That makes perfect sense. Just
0: like they did it in the original. Thank
4: you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So anyway. And it's I not, might
0: actually give a fuck about seeing it. Yeah.
4: It's not, <laughs> it's not considered a reboot. I guess it's not, it's considered a reimagining because they are going to play some role reversal. Uh, Eugene, exact. Pff, <laughs> I agree, Hoppner. Honestly, like, if that was like my review, my official review, if they gave me the opportunity to review this on like Rotten Tomatoes, I would say, pff, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but Eugenio Derbez is going to be playing the spoiled playboy who is tricked into thinking he's the husband of a working-class mother after a boating accident leaves him with amnesia. This is role reversal from the original, yeah. which Goldie Hawn was the spoiled. You know, uh, <laughs> she was the rich elite woman, and he was the uh, blue. Coll- Kurt Russell was the blue collar. Oh, well, it's a totally worker. different concept. And why are you complaining?
1: <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
4: Jeez. Oh, Jake. Oh, my God. Listen Pulling out you. the vanilla ice
2: defense. No, no, no,
4: Listen to Choose Your Own Adventure, Jake. <laughs> Choose Your Own Adventure, Jake. It's a completely so different movie. They've got uh, Bob Fisher from We're the Millers and Rob Greenberg from How I Met Your Mother. They've been tapped to write and direct the film. Um, I tossed this. I tossed this so fucking hard. Overboard is such a fantastic movie. It's a movie that I have revisited within the past six months.
1: Yeah, I, I love, love this
4: movie. I, I've seen this. I, I grew up with this movie. Mm-hmm. I've watched it over the years many times. It holds up.
0: Yeah! Oh, yeah!
4: The child actors in this are hilarious. When we see
0: her family for the first time, it's it's like heartbreaking.
4: And you know, it's one of those movies where I'm thinking they're going to give it the uh, National Lampoon's Vacation treatment. Like Uh, we saw the yeah the Vacation mm. reboot. I feel like that's where they're going to go with this one. Mm. You know, the only saving grace is if they 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 say uh, Eugenio is gone and we got Chris Pratt to do this. But you know what? Chris Pratt is smart enough. To smell bullshit. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I'm going to stick to Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to stick to better projects. I'm not going to do this shit. Yep. I'm going to let my fucking wife flounder in this garbage film. Universe. You know what? Jurassic <laughs> World made a shit ton of fucking money. I'm not making fun. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So good for him. He's making some great choices. No matter what you thought about that last movie that he did. What was that movie? Passengers. Passengers. Passengers I loved it. I really. I just came
0: out on digital. I'm going to get it. I enjoyed I it. To,
4: I really enjoyed it. Most people hated it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Anyway, this is a horrible idea for a reboot. So yeah. fuck you, Hollywood.
5: <laughs> fuck you. It goes you. beyond the whole idea of the original being sacred. You can't duplicate that chemistry. No, you can't.
4: You yeah, can't. that's
0: a good point. You can't. You Maybe can't. with her and Pratt.
4: Maybe, Maybe with her and Pratt, but you're not going to do it with Eugenio. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to need a, a genie, an actual genie. To fucking, we're going to have to rub a lamp. Yeah, I'm and, not wasting a wish on an overboard. No shit.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Eugenio can get lost to Exactly.
4: That's where I'm going, man. Fuck that noise. Anyway, yeah, guys, yeah. I got some really heartbreaking news. Jake, this is heartbreaking news for me and you because we're fans. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia news. Oh man! Oh, guys, uh, do you like do you like, do you watch the show?
2: Dan? Uh, I have, I'm catching up on a couple seasons behind, but I love the show. Okay,
4: Glenn Howerton, who plays Dennis, may leave the show. Yeah, uh, or he won't. I, we don't know, guys. The, the, I watched the season finale. It aired last week, and uh, the season finale it really left it kind of up in the air. He says at the end of the season finale. He's leaving the bar. He's leaving. He says he's gone, and I was like, okay, whatever, you know, it's just part of the show. Mm-hmm. And season thirteen will come back, and I'll get more, you know, fucking uh, great stories from you know, you know, him, you know, Dennis and D and Mac yeah, and Charlie. Yeah. Uh, they'll come back. Well, it's weird how the episode actually ties into these statements by Glenn Howerton, and he says so. It's a little complicated. I may seem a little bit evasive here, and I don't mean to. It's not entirely certain whether I am returning or am not. I might be, I might be, but I might not be. That really is the truth. Just to be clear, to dispel any potential weirdness, it has nothing to do with my relationship to anyone on the show, or Rob, or Charlie, or anyone like that. It's partially a creative and personal decision. We may be taking an extended hiatus between Seasons 12 and Season 13. So I'm certainly staying open to the possibility of doing more. But there is a possibility that I will not. Man. And this broke my fucking heart when I read this this morning. I love this show. I have watched this show from Season 1 when it came out. I watched it. Live, Like, I didn't watch this, like, in reruns. I was watching this shit live on FX Mm -hmm. as it came out. And I love this show. The first season did not have Danny DeVito. It wasn't like – it didn't need to bring Danny DeVito in to get my attention. Mm -hmm. I love this season from fucking season one. I love this fucking show. And for him to have these statements, it really has me worried that – we might not get a proper season fucking 13. And so Glenn Howerton, I found out, like, I don't know what the reason is. I hope that there's not, like, a fallout between him, Charlie Day, and, you know, the rest of the cast. Yeah, the personal creative stuff
0: is like, oh, oh man, what's he talking about there?
4: Because season 12 has taken some risks. It really has. Like, they really went out there. They really went out there, and they did some things in season 12 Jake once you watch season 12 yeah you're really going to be impressed like there's there's a lot of payoff in season 12 there's a lot of things that they've set up in previous seasons and it's really paid off in this season it's really good you'll oh, love it that's wild
0: yeah, I, and this is one of those kind of shows, though that I mean, it can't, it like very much like curb your enthusiasm. it yes. could take a hiatus. Yeah, I and know. come back. I mean, I that's know. not what you want, but I guess that's best case scenario from what we're hearing. Yeah, it's best case scenario. One of the
4: one of the issues of it not returning might be the fact that Glenn Howerton and Pat. Oh, my phone is talking. That's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, less of that. Um, <laughs> it's over there,
5: I'm sorry. Where is it? Is Did it... I ask you what's up, dog? Oh, it
4: says, hi, Jake Dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Uh... It got lonely over there. In sorry. what circle oh. are you called Jake Dog, and why do we not call you Jake Dog?
0: <laughs> I feel free. <laughs> All it's right. All I have right. my phone call me. What
4: up, J.D.? <laughs> J.D. J.D. in the motherfucking house. <laughs> oh, excuse me, J.D. in the motherfucking <laughs> doghouse. Anyway, um, so uh, Glenn Howerton, I found out recently... Him and Patton Oswalt are going to be starring in an NBC comedy pilot from writer Mike O'Brien and executive producer Seth Meyers. Mm. And mm. Uh, Variety has talked about that. and It, it was formerly titled, uh, formerly titled AP Bio. Uh, the entitled project is about a hilariously cynical Ivy League professor who loses out on his dream job and goes to work as a high school biology teacher where he imposes his unorthodox teaching style and uses the kids to plot out revenge on those who wronged him. Howerton will play the lead biology teacher named Jack, and Oswald will play the role of Principal Durbin. I happen to believe that maybe this has something to do with it. NBC is probably going to pay him a lot more than FX will. Mm, as yeah. far as it being like a, you know what I mean? It's one of the big three: NBC, ABC, CBS.
0: Yeah, it could be a money thing. Maybe he just is not yeah. happy with the money that he's getting from FX. Right.
5: Mm, well, that would suck if that's why.
4: I mean, he's pretty much established a brand that he's created. You know.
5: Well, I think, it, I, I, think I,
4: Hopner, I, I think, I think, I you think, You're probably going to say the same thing. But isn't it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Kind of like a labor of love, and him just hanging out with his friends.
2: Yeah, it seems to be that all behind the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, would indicate. So uh, it might just be a matter of making sure that he kind of wants to keep it loose for the moment and see what the if uh, the pilot gets picked up for a full season and yeah. seeing what the production schedule of that might conflict with when they come back from a hiatus or not. Right. So you know, it's probably going to be a wait and see. Yeah.
0: You can't let a labor and love get in the way of, of a career move of something that's going to better yourself financially, you know?
4: Yeah, Yeah. I I guess. I mean, like they, the the thing is though, Jake, is that it's always sunny in Philadelphia is not like a 20 episode season. Like they've been doing eight to 10 episodes. Yeah. I would hope that, you know, think about it this way, guys. Like it's Danny DeVito is up there in years. It's Mm -hmm. not like Danny DeVito is going to, I don't care what happens after it's always Sunday in Philadelphia ends. Yeah. Danny DeVito is never going to do anything else like this. Danny DeVito has had a great fucking career. Oh yeah. He's had taxi. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, taxi's fantastic. I don't care how fucking old you are. You can go back and watch taxi with Charlie Kaufman, Judd Hirsch, Danny DeVito. That is a great series. Yeah. And it still is. And it still holds up. I love taxi. Danny DeVito has done other great things twins Mm -hmm. Batman returns Danny DeVito is a iconic comedy legend and he's still alive Danny DeVito no matter what happens when this wraps up Danny DeVito will never have another role like this never this is good this is perfect for Danny DeVito and the fact that he gets to work every day with his friends Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. was friends with these guys before he did this they're friends he gets to work with Charlie Day who's (sighs) his friend He gets to work with these people, and it's just sad that like he can't commit to coming. It it just makes me pause and wonder why he's not coming back. Is it a problem with FX getting involved in this? I and I can't. I had that. I have a hard time believing that FX is having a problem with the content that they're producing on this. Guys, I just watched Taboo, which dealt with basically Tom Hardy fucking his sister. In this series, there's a lot of incest going on in this show. I watched Feud, and we had a fucking studio executive calling Joan Crawford a cunt <laughs> in that first episode. Yeah, they dropped the c Holy word. Holy shit! Yeah, they dropped the c <laughs> word in that first episode. So I can't see that FX is not letting them do what they want to do in that in this twelfth season, Jake. Yeah, they've dropped the f bomb. Yeah. I don't – what's the f- – I don't understand. Maybe it's
0: something to do with maybe they don't want him to be the lead on an NBC sitcom. Maybe there's – they don't want that kind of thing. I mean I'm just throwing- But they
4: let Charlie Day fucking headline these fucking horrible bosses movies. Yeah. They let him be in fist fight with Ice Cube. Yeah. Of course. But it's
0: another sitcom, you know? I, I'm just- they,
4: well, tr- well, he was also in uh, FX's uh, first season of Fargo, Glenn Howerton was. Yeah,
0: but it's another FX show.
4: Yeah, but what I, – yeah, I I don't see – okay, well, I have to see who the studios were for <laughs> Fist Fight and who the studios were for horrible, horrible Bosses. If it was Universal, well, that is NBC – are these both Fox Studios? No, I hear comedies, that. I, I hear
0: that argument, but I think that the movie side's a bit different than having him do exactly the same format of show
4: that he's doing here over there. Well, I, I suppose. I mean, I guess we got you know the D. She, uh, I can't remember her name right off the top of my head. She's doing the Mick, which is also on Fox. Yes. I, yeah. I, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Hoppner. Go ahead.
2: I I do kind of got to agree with Jake on that because movies, um, you're not – TV is not directly competing against them. This would be a different – a main broadcast uh, studio or uh, company that he'd be headlining on that could then, depending on where they put it on the release schedule for the week, could be direct time slot competition with uh, FX shows. Uh, maybe some of their headlining ones and that could, they might be worth their drawing viewership, he, him. Jumping over to this would be drawing viewership away from FX, and that could be – because movies, yeah, you're not directly competitioning with them. Cause that's box office. That's yeah. whatever. That's yeah, box and play.
0: NBC are direct sitcom rivals.
5: Ah, fuck. Those that's studios a, were varied too. Horrible Bosses was uh, New Line, yeah. and uh, Fist Fight was Warner Brothers. Okay.
0: Yeah, but I like like Hopter's saying and what I'm saying, I, I don't think the movie thing matters, so it's not direct competition right. to what th- they're trying to do. It's not okay, taking yeah. away the – 8 p.m. sitcom audience yeah. with the guy that's in your other show. Well, I'm pissed Yeah, off. Your,
2: your movie audience tends to not be big on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m.
4: Well, you know what? I'm pissed off at both studios then because if you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you're going to fucking tune in to NBC yeah. to support yeah, Glenn sure. Howerton. And if you're a fan of fucking what Glenn Howerton's doing on this new NBC show, then maybe it's going to generate some interest into catching up on all 12 seasons of fucking It's Always and Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm fucking pissed off that it's affecting what's going on over at FX. And what I'm saying, I I have no idea what's really going on. No, no, no. But no, I, I, I listen to your point. I fucking was dismissive of it at first. Yeah. Hotner chimed in and now I'm fucking in agreement because this definitely could be the case. This makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it does suck. That it is, does fucking suck. I, I agree suck. with you. That, yeah. It's, if that is – if what we're suggesting could be the case is the case. And yeah, that it sucks that the, the quality or that his commitment to a show and a love project like Always Sunny could be compromised and possibly then dropped because of – Studio meddling. I mean, yeah. that, that's the fucking worst.
4: No, and it's great because it's like we've seen, we've seen, uh, you know, other characters from this show go on and do bigger and better things. Charlie Day mm-hmm. is fucking uh, killing it in the movies. Horrible yeah. bosses. Horrible bosses, too. Fist fight. Mm-hmm. He's doing some great things. And then we've seen, you know, like uh, D, we've seen her go on to do, you know, The Mick, which I think is great. And guys, it got greenlit for a season two. Mm-hmm. If you're not watching The Mick, you definitely need to be watching it. Fucking hilarious. Also, Glenn Howardson, you know, he did Fargo. He did Fargo season one. And he was really good in it. But, like, why can't this guy go on and do something else? Like, He's going to get more exposure, guys, on an NBC television show if it takes off. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
5: Probably his entire point. Yeah,
4: exactly. Like, okay, we could watch the pilot and it could really turn us off. It could suck. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, like, this couldn't be – this could be our next fucking, like, Big Bang Theory, which that show has gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. with each season that it's come out with and it's almost unwatchable now i haven't watched it in a couple years this could for, be like for me it didn't start off as watchable but yeah that's <laughs> and and that's fair and i i totally get that for me on the flip side like when i first started watching it i was like okay i i like this i think this is fun there's nothing like this that i've never seen anything so mainstream support like you know the geek culture <clears throat> but now as i've gotten more and more into it I don't always agree with their view on geek culture. Yeah, it drives me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So so I'm ready for that show to wrap up.
5: A show yeah. that I'm
4: not ready to wrap up is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a labor of love and friends getting together and having fun and fucking around and ad living and having a great time. Just like the show The League. This is, like, right there. Like, this is a great show. And – I don't want to see FX and NBC's feud affect, yeah, I'm bringing up feud again, but (laughs) I don't want to see their fucking feud with one another affect this great show. We've talked about this a little too long, longer than I thought we were going to talk about it, (laughs) but... It's a good discussion. It's a great discussion. Yeah, It's a great discussion for the people that give a shit. For the people that know who give a shit, I don't give a shit. Fuck, Fuck off. <laughs> right. Yeah, Jake, me and you, you know what? We're on the same page. We are the exact opposite of NBC and Fox right yeah, now.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yep.
4: exactly. NBC and Fox should be working together to support each the, other. Each other. And cooperative symbiosis. His success Boom.
5: should mean yeah. good things for both of them.
4: Exactly.
0: We'll let Hoppner go on whatever podcast he wants after this.
5: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, no, I've been on here. I can't do my own anymore. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, man. It's one
1: or the other.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, if you're, if you're a fan of it's always and sunny in Philadelphia, um, I'm going to have my fucking ear to the train track and I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be checking articles all the time to find out if we're going to get a season 13 and we're going to get in on time because nice. i i love this show can we replace dc news with sunny news oh you no. jake <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> guys we're gonna you know what we've been taking a lot of breaks but i'm gonna take this break so we can come back and do marvel news because i've got i've got to, i've got to take a leak how about that <laughs> how professional is that that your host tells you that he's got to take a
5: piss you know what I mean? At least you didn't it's do it those, in a bucket on air.
0: It's definitely not the most unprofessional thing that's happened on this podcast. Hey, guys, I
4: got a full, I got a full bladder. You know, <laughs> I
0: appreciate the candor.
4: You do? Yeah. I. You know, everything I do, I do it for Hopner. <laughs> you know, I'm like Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do it for I you. Was just
0: thinking, I was singing that in my head when
1: you said <laughs> yeah. that.
4: No, this is my Three Musketeers moment for Hopner. Everything <laughs> I do, idea. I do it for Hopner. Shouldn't do that. I did, though. I took it there. <laughs> And I'm not taking it away. There's no taking. Well, thank you. I'm not reeling it back. I'm actually pushing it forward. I'm doing it for you out there. No, I'm rambling. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. You assholes. <laughs> <laughs> <All
1: right>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, did you did you wake up this morning and think to yourself, you know what? You know what I wanna do? I wanna give I wanna give some money, hard-earned money away to three assholes so they can do a stupid podcast every week. Yeah,
3: I'm, money's burning a hole in my pocket. Where can I where do I put all this money? I'll just give it to three dicks. Yeah, if that was your thought process this morning, number one,
4: there's something wrong with you. Number two, pop culture leftovers has started a Patreon where you can donate to our show. It's really simple. Go to Patreon. Dot com forward slash pop culture leftovers. Starting out as simple as $1 a month, we'll thank you on the show. You get us $1 a month. That's $12 a year. Who can't afford that? Every one of our listeners did that. That would be amazing. Is that gonna happen? Fuck no. Anyway, moving on. There's also rewards where you can get your own personalized audio bumper like the ones that we play here on the show. That's pretty awesome. That right there should be enough for you to sign up for our Patreon. oh well, wait, that's not enough. A- you're just a spoiled little shit aren't you you gotta have more don't you all the time more with you uh we have a reward where you can skype chat with the leftovers and that could be played on the show as a bonus episode wait hold wait that's not enough seriously fuck you at this point we also have a reward where you get to be on a full episode with the leftovers that's right we get to talk to your boring ass for a full episode. <laughs> uh, there's all, hey, hold on. That's not it. There's also another reward, and this is exciting, where you get to co-host with me on a brand new podcast that I'll launch. Uh, this is our masochist reward level. You really have to be in order to want to podcast with me. So check out all the rewards on Patreon.com, that's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, forward slash pop culture leftovers some of the rewards are limited not that i'm expecting them to sell out or anything like we did the moment we started this patreon hey guys we're back and it's time for uh it's time for marvel news we gotta jump into some marvel news here news all right guys okay uh fox has had two successful r-rated movies uh some people are saying you know like they're going and like, eh, fox is just going to start making r-rated movies now mm-hmm. r-rated superhero content that's what marvel's uh, that's what fox is all about now so you know we saw deadpool huge huge we saw logan huge apocalypse
5: <laughs> all right flaccid so,
4: guys, so everybody's saying, like, yeah, yeah, Marvel, they're going to be, uh, Fox, excuse me, Fox is going to be, like, our R-rated superhero fucking studio. Hold your fucking horses. X-Men producer Simon Kinberg said this recently. I think that each movie, we figure out what the story is. Then we figure out the requirements of the story. And if the requirements <laughs> of the story are R-rated, it's R-rated. We don't go into movies saying, this one's going to be R-rated. This one's going to be PG-13. We don't make those decisions before we make the decisions of the story. My instinct is that Deadpool Universe, which is Deadpool 2 and potentially X-Force, they require being R-rated because that's just Deadpool's voice in the comic and it's Deadpool's voice in the movie so far. I think audiences would be disappointed if they got a PG-13 Deadpool movie. So my easy bet would be Deadpool 2 is R-rated. And most movies within that sort of shared but separate universe would be likewise. I agree with these statements.
0: Yeah, yeah. You yeah, make the movie and you give the rating that the movie needs. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't give the rating first. Right. And then right towards the rating. Right. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's how storytelling supposed to be is if you – come up with an idea, you make the story, and then whatever it receives is what the fuck it receives.
0: Yeah, R-rating's not going to fix everything, and R-rating's not going <laughs> to fix Fantastic Four <laughs> and
4: make it a viable
0: franchise. That's, right. that's not what it's called
4: for. Oh my god, I would love to see an R-rated Fantastic Four, <laughs> and I would love to see a sex scene between fucking Miles Teller as, you know, uh, Mr. Fantastic going to town on an invisible Mara what, what's her name? Mara, whatever the fuck her name is. Kate Mara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Just Miles Teller, and he's actually having sex with another person, but it looks like he's masturbating <laughs> into a fucking bed. That would, <laughs> it just looks like he's jacking off into a mattress. Right? like an invisible I was, bottle I was of worried. Peanut butter. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, my God. That would be so amazing though, right? <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to break well. away. We're giving this the uh, R rating it deserves. Here's Miles Teller beating off into a mattress. Yes,
0: and giant orange rot cock. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I was thinking. I thought it was going to be uh, uh,
2: Ben Grimm and Reed Richards thing with another help me, Reed. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Wow, you're saying Mr. Fantastic is a power bottom in this scenario? What's going on here?
0: Uh, yeah, probably.
2: All I right.
1: mean, given the dynamics, sure. Off. Right. Yeah, I, I
4: don't know. What That's I'm, what
0: makes him so fantastic. He could do either or.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's pretty flexible. The fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, guys. <laughs> he could do both. We talked about Lo- Logan last week, uh, but what about the future of Wolverine and future movies? JoeBlow.com talked with Simon Kinberg and uh, Hutch Parker. Both are producers at Fox. And, uh, here's, uh, what they said, Hutch Parker, um, Hutch Parker, doesn't that sound like, uh, <laughs> that name Hutch Parker, doesn't that sound like a, like a seventies, like fucking like Hutch and Parker. Like a, like a 70s fucking crime series? Oh, yeah. Oh,
5: yeah. Gotcha. Buddy Cops.
4: Buddy Cop. Hutch and Parker. Hutch and Parker. <laughs> right. <Da-da-da-da>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Kinberg says, we haven't started talking about that. The truth is, we really approach this as this is really the end of Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. And it very well could be the end of Wolverine in the movies. Get out,
0: GTFO! Thank
4: you. Uh, beyond that, we'll figure out if there is some other version of him. We haven't gotten we haven't gone down that road. We really approach this as if it were the end. Parker said, uh, and and truly, we are literally just finishing this with this. So candidly, it has not been a process where there has been a lot of downtime from production into the post, uh, post into visual effects and scoring and all that stuff. It was not long ago we were in that dark room. But I agree with Simon. The whole focus of that last however many years was living up to Hugh's desire and Jim's intention on delivering on a final Wolverine film for Hugh on a different, unique story that would try to carry the day more on the emotionality and the reality than on visual effects or action. Mm. Pretty much the whole focus has been on that. So. They're basically saying, like, you know, yeah, Fox is not thinking about the future of Wolverine in these films. This is the finality of Hugh Jackman and the character. I'm I'm calling bullshit. Like, I'm sure that they're interested to see how this next X Men film is going to perform mm-hmm. without Wolverine. Yes, but on the flip side, if it does not perform well, I guarantee you. They're looking at recasting. I can't even oh, yeah. argue this. Yeah. yeah.
0: Less than 10 years, yeah. we'll see a new Wolverine.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. They shouldn't, but yeah, that's
0: going to be what they happens. Should.
4: They should.
0: Yeah. They should. We definitely should have another Wolverine.
4: Yeah. They, well, they should <laughs> reboot this whole universe, correct, Jay? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, correct. We want our first ever Wolverine in costume, man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that is true. I think, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like... Hugh Jackman did so much for the character. Let's not reboot for a while. We've seen how many Batman and how many so many years. But on the flip side, like Wolverine is such an integral part of the X Men and Fox is not ready to give the franchise up to Marvel Studios as far as even working out a deal like the Sony deal. Like, yeah, yeah they're, that's, not, they're
2: not interested. It's
4: not even in the talks right now. So, oh yeah. Um, guys, what about the future of X-23? I, I think we all enjoyed the portrayal of X-23 in the Logan film. Mm-hmm. Daphne Keane did a great job. James Mangold did a great job of mm-hmm. portraying that character in the movies. Um, so what's the future? So James Mangold in an interview with We Got This Covered said that he would be interested in doing a spinoff. Here's this quote: I think Daphne is incredible in the film, and I would love to see another film about the character, uh, th- about that character, and that's certainly something I'd be involved in. For me, that was one of the biggest additions I brought to the table. This decision to try to make the film about family and to try to insert Laura and the pressures that would be put, and the idea of Charles Ailing, so sounds like James Mancold is definitely interested in that. Hmm. So Joe Blow talked to the producer, Hutch Parker about this stating you can sort of continue a Wolverine story though with X 23, which is a great new character. Are you guys already talking about doing another movie with her? Hutch Parker said, we have been talking a little bit about that and the possibility certainly exists. She's a remarkable actress. I think she did an amazing job, and a lot of the credit goes to Jim. Uh, they're speaking of James Mangold. Mm-hmm. It's certainly a rich opportunity. We haven't gotten specific in any way, but I'd love to see more with that character. So we talked about this when we reviewed Logan. We talked yeah. about like you know the studio realizing that they have something really special on their hands with this actress, really something special with the X-23 introduction and how people kind of like uh, – grabbed onto that character. We latched onto that character. We really enjoyed her. Is it going to, you know, we talked about how tempting it would be for the studio to go forward with that character and with Daphne Keene as X-23. And it sounds like those talks are being had over at fox
0: yeah it seems like it's a lot more highly plausible it might happen when you got james mangold saying how much interest he has in the right. project too right. and
5: thinking back on logan as well as it was written it <coughs> serves equally as good as a final chapter for wolverine as it does as an introduction and origin story for her i i gladly yeah. accept it
0: yeah yeah it'd be
1: very uh, interesting
2: It'd be interesting, but you kind of run into the problem of based on the timeline that yeah. it falls into. Yes. That it just in terms of, it would be more of a solo movie or maybe a her bring together a new group of mutants to try to like maybe revitalize or restart the X-Men uh, team. But in terms of like trying to integrate her into the either a rebooted or an existing the or an existing uh, X-Men universe, that'd be kind of hard to do. It,
5: no, I mean... Yeah, it's impossible to do. I'm he was right yeah. around in his nuts during the films.
4: I'm in 100% yeah. agreement with you. It, it feels like if they do this, they're branching off in three different directions.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're
4: branching off in Deadpool. They're branching off in this X-Men supernova, which I want to point out that that's not the title. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to call it X-Men Supernova yeah. until oh, yeah. we get a proper title for it. But they are doing X-Men Supernova. That is a direction that they're going in. They are doing Deadpool. They are doing X-Force. And I am also going to point out that the X-Force movie is going to headline. This has been confirmed by Simon Kinberg. X-Force movie is going to be headlined by Deadpool and Cable. Mm-hmm. That, huh. is, mm-hmm. that is 100% confirmed by Simon Kinberg. So if they do an X-23 movie, they're branching off in a yet another direction. Right. We've got the Singerverse alive and well. Yeah. It's with still X-Men the Singer-verse. Super-
0: It's just another end of it.
4: I, I get that. Yeah. But you're branching off in three different directions. How do you connect everything organically? And that's something that we're going to talk about here in a moment. Pretty hard. How do you connect everything organically? Deadpool, X23, the Singerverse. And I understand that the X23 shit is part of the Singerverse, but yet it's in a different timeline. Mm. We've yeah. got Supernova taking place in the <laughs> 90s, and we've got X23's story taking place post 2029. Mm-hmm. So. By the time we get, you know, X-23, the sequel, which they're not going to want to go the Sin City route and do that fucking 10 years later. Yes. Oh, shit. They're yeah. going to want to do this. <laughs> they're going to they're want to fast track this one. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. going to want to see this within three years. So we're looking at like a 2032 timeline at the most, which is fucking 40 years removed from Supernova. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about three different fucking storylines here, yeah. guys. I'm talking about Deadpool. I'm talking about Supernova, and I'm talking about (laughs) X-23. This is fucking...
0: If they make a good movie, though, I don't even I don't care about any of that. I mean, that's why I like Logan so much.
4: I, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, how can you make everything organically connect? Should they do that? I'm going to address that here in this episode. Yeah, and then yeah, you know
2: you're going to have from an exactly. audience perspective, we can go along with these kind of separate things, but from a studio side, they're going to want to try to bring these things together in some fashion. Try to. Strings from very loose threads to try to connect it all together. Right. But also, Brian, I had a really quick logistical question yes. for you. Yes. Um, is so. All right. You said Kimberg uh, confirms that uh, X Force is going to be headlined by uh, Deadpool and yes. Cable. So yes. is that going to come out before or after Deadpool Two? After. Okay. Yes. I just wasn't sure. All it's right.
4: coming out after Deadpool Two. Deadpool Two is going to be in production before uh, X Force and Cable, but. Cable will be introduced in Deadpool 2, yes. which will set okay. up X-Force.
2: So that'll kind of be like the buddy comedy of like a 48 hours kind of thing, and then we'll have the larger team thing in X-Force
0: following Agre- it.
4: Yes, exactly.
0: You're yeah. exactly okay. right. I, I'm not sure how, I, I don't know how much they're going to play off the uh, Cable-Deadpool buddy thing in the first the first outing. In the
4: first outing, but definitely in X-Force. Yeah,
0: definitely in X-Force. Yes. X-Force is the buddy thing.
4: Right, exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah it'll kind of be like the setup and then the payoff for it. Right.
4: Guys, we don't know everything about the future of the X Men movies universe going forward. We do know that we are getting New Mutants. We knew that. Uh, we know that we're going to get this X Men Supernova, which I said it's not going to be titled Supernova, but I'm calling it that. So get the fuck over it <laughs> until we get a final title. So get over it. Anyway, um, we learned last week from Laura Shuler Donner, uh, Laura Shuler Donner, that one of the X Men producers. Uh, She's one of the X-Men producers that we will not be getting more of this. And here's her quote. She says, we cannot once again explore the Eric and Charles dynamic. She's talking about Professor X. Mm. She's talking about Charles Xavier. They are not going to further explore that dynamic. They have fucking drove that into the goddamn ground.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It's been tapped. That
4: well's tapped. It's (laughs) tapped. She uh, so guys, this uh, hold on. Let me let me throw this out there. This does not mean that we aren't getting the characters. Okay, right. mm-hmm. basically, McAvoy could come back for both New Mutants or Supernova. We're waiting to hear about his return. We're also waiting to hear about Fassbender returning. Uh, what won't happen though is their friendship being a large part of the narrative in that story. So. We don't know whether McAvoy's coming back. The Producers have already said this. They don't know if McAvoy's coming back. They don't know if Fassbender's coming back.
0: This news kind of leads to thinking that they most likely won't, though.
4: McAvoy, yes. I think McAvoy is – there's a better chance of them getting McAvoy at this point. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. do. There's still a chance of them getting Fassbender back after the bomb that was – Assassin's Creed yeah that lowered his
5: stock (laughs) yes
4: it did yes it did I mean we always get the the, we always get the chance of Robert Downey Jr. coming back as Iron Man when his solo projects such as uh the judge Judge fucking bombs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he doesn't get the accolades that he wants thank god I mean you (laughs) know I mean if that movie would have blown up You know, there's a good chance that we, we don't get, you know, Robert Downey Jr. coming back as Iron Man. I always want him to, I always want to see him as Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. And so like with, with Assassin's Creed being a shit pile that it was, and it was a shit pile, with it being such a craptastic movie, it increases the chances of him coming back as Magneto. Now, McAvoy, I think McAvoy, he's not in the bag, but I think that McAvoy's chances are really? Fast Bender has said that yes, he'd be willing to come back as there's Magneto. Just,
0: but these quotes make it sound like there's no like juicy apple for them to come back to. Like it, they're basically downplaying that they're going to really utilize these characters very much.
4: Well, I mean, I don't know what he's holding on to. He's if he's definitely not holding on to the hope that they're going. He's going to come back and do Assassin's Creed 2 <laughs> Yeah.
0: Also, that might end up
2: being a benefit because uh, it could mean that it gives them the opportunity, both of them, the opportunity McFoy and Fassbender to do to uh, pursue other roles and maybe have a diminished role in that, which would be not bad for the story either. Maybe focus more on the actual team that goes out in the field, your Cyclops and Jean Grey whoever else, as opposed to it always being the, the Xavier and a uh, Lencher show, I which might- would be a good change of pace. Mm-hmm.
5: Though with them losing Hugh Jackman, uh, I find it hard to believe that either one of these guys would be in a film together and one of them not be the focal point. I, it'd, it'd be hard to see them playing like a side role in something going on. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't see them not making at least one of them like the the lead in the story. No, we've seen Hugh
4: Jackman play cameo parts in first class. That's yeah, true. That's true.
2: No, but I think what Frank's saying by that is that the um, – because cause Jackman's role since uh, First Class has been in the X-Men movie so much more diminished – well, Days of Future Past, never mind – but uh, in the last one since it was just a cameo and it did focus a lot more on uh, Maxwell and Fassbender, uh, that without – Without Hugh Jackman there being that kind of marquee cameo, why would they want to come back for less for more diminished roles, going along the same route? But
4: a paycheck, it, man. No, because exactly. somebody's somebody's I gonna get somebody's gonna get that fucking money. Somebody's gonna get that money. Somebody's gonna get the money to play Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it boggles my mind to think of an X Men team that does not have an Xavier behind it. That boggles my mind, and it makes sense for me that McAvoy is going to come back. Like, if you're going to tell me, like... Who's going to come back in this thing? I'm saying at least 51% that McAvoy would come back, 49% that he wouldn't. Okay? Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm leaning towards that McAvoy would come back. On I would flip, give a better odds than that, actually. Yeah, I, I, I'm playing it safe. I'm playing it safe. But, Fair. like, Fassbender on the flip side, like, he could come or go. Whatever. Yeah, I it's mean,
2: kind of a two-thirds to one-third.
4: Yeah, but I, I find it hard to believe that if they didn't offer him a role in this, that he would not come back. But, I, I kind of get it. Like you, you introduce Fastbender and you in, you introduce him back into this world, and he's not like a focal point. His relationship with with McAvoy is not a focal point. Right. It's kind of weird. It's like right? having it Kirk so, and Spock it, in it the makes same so film.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And not talk. it's well,
2: kind of weird. <laughs> here's the thought: because uh, if if they did both come back, but they had diminished roles. What would you kind of want out of that? Because here's what I'm kind of thinking, just off the cuff here. Uh, McAvoy as Xavier is yeah he's just kind of the mentor role he's kind of the you know he gives them the outlier of the mission early on and they kind of communicate with him a couple times throughout the movie so he's you know maybe filming time he's there for like two weeks as opposed to like three months uh, and maybe then on uh, Fassbender's side it's You set it up just a very early seedling of it, of uh, maybe Magneto's gone ahead and started uh, uh, establishing Genosha as a sanctuary, and maybe you kind of seed that there, and then a couple movies later, it then comes back to that, and that becomes – and then it can come back to – those two being much more integral parts of a story in terms of the philosophical uh, debate behind it later a on.
0: Movie Slayer, we gotta wrap this shit up.
4: See, that's the thing uh, though, Jake. Yeah, that's the thing from though, their Jake.
0: Standpoint, from
2: that's the thing. Standpoint.
4: Uh, do you think that they're really ready to wrap this up, though? No. <laughs> no. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. the point. Hold, did, did I'm Mac- so
5: pissed! He just broke a glass.
4: No, I was thinking like, is Magneto there, and he's throwing <laughs> yeah. fucking like metal and shit against the wall. What the fuck is going Hopner.
2: on? Yeah, he's mad because I'm trying to reduce his role. No, Jake.
4: <laughs> like that's the point. Like, yeah. are, is is Fox ready to wrap up this universe yet?
0: It feels like no. I mean, especially if you go back to them say they're not going to have another Wolverine. that's right. Because they're not ready to reboot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The whole, yeah.
2: They're,
0: they're going to milk it as long as they
2: can.
5: There's so much time and money put into making these universes connected. Yeah. They're probably at this point trying to feel like they've already got so much invested, but they fucked up what they've got invested.
0: Uh Yes and no. I don't feel like Some... there's been very much time in trying to keep the Fox X-Men universe connected, <laughs> to be honest with you right
5: like to reboot they have power, to literally sure. throw away everything they've done so far, and it's a risky thing when you're talking dollars and cents. they want to try to keep it connected if they're- con- their
4: their their hands are kind of forced at this point they they have yeah. to shit or shit or get off the fucking toilet because right. like we we can keep this universe going mm-hmm. right we can mm-hmm. they can, but I think like they are going to want to have a new Wolverine.
5: It's a Frankenstein's monster. At so point.
4: I think it, right now the <laughs> big question is, how do they keep this universe going that they've established? That I think that they are too proud to drop. Mm-hmm. How do they keep that going and yet still introduce a new Wolverine? You know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think that they're going to get who people want them to get as the new Wolverine. Like I know no that Tom Hardy thank you they're not yeah, getting definitely not they're not getting tom hardy which honestly my god would i love to see a tom hardy wolverine oh yeah yes i would that would be great but i would yeah you know and we know that you know recently i think it was Hugh Jackman came out and he gave in his endorsement of who he would like to see as uh, wolverine i'm not familiar with the actor um but uh, he gave his endorsement as to who he's like who who, who he'd like to see as wolverine
2: I'm just upset it wasn't finally like Glenn Danzig.
4: Oh, fuck off with that <laughs> shit. Go watch your Prophecy Two and beat off in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Glenn Danzig can't act his way out of a paper bag. Go no watch shit. Go, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I get it, man. Back you, if you would have asked me 20 fucking years ago, who do you want as Wolverine? I would have said Glenn Danzig because <laughs> yeah,
2: because he was he was campaigning so hard for that oh, before they got fuck through Jack. yeah, he <laughs> was.
4: Wolverine in the comic books is five foot three. Glenn Danzig yeah. is Jack. He, th- he, he was jacked as fuck, and he was yeah, five foot yeah. three. It made sense. Yeah. But go back and watch the prophecy two, That guy can't fucking act.
2: <laughs> yeah, no shit, he
4: can't. Yeah, that yeah. would be awful. We're on the same page, Hopner. <laughs> yeah. um
2: Uh, here's a. I do have a question though. Um, because they could. I'm not quite up on X-Men uh, comics. With so probably both you and Jake are Brian. But because um, there's a lot of stories out there, it seems like, where Wolverine's kind of there, but he's not like an integral part to it. So couldn't they kind of delve into that catalog of uh stories for a while in order to try to distance, give enough time in between? Not uh, when they're Wolverine talking here? about
4: Phoenix Saga
2: right yeah yeah
4: yeah now when they're talking about fucking kinberg is talking about you know they've talked to kinberg they've talked to kinberg they try to corner him and they've tried to talk to him about supernova and they said they said you know hey we've heard that this next new movie is going to be about the dark phoenix saga here's his quotes we can't confirm what the next movie will be but i can talk a little bit about, frankly, what I would do differently if I were to make an X-Men The Last Stand again, which had the Dark Phoenix storyline. I think the big mistake we made with that movie, and if anybody is to blame for it, it's the writer, and I was one of them, it's that we made the Dark Phoenix the subplot of the film, instead of making it the main plot. The Dark Phoenix story is the biggest, and in many ways, the most epic saga of the X-Men comics. So you can't make that the B-plot of the movie. If we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to retell the story, and certainly what we did with the end of Days of Future Past gave us the opportunity Mm. to retell it, Mm -hmm. I think we all would want to give it justice. And space to breathe that it deserves. It sounds like Simon Kinberg is basically telling us that, yes, the next movie is going into Dark Phoenix. We saw Dark Phoenix. We saw the elements of Dark Phoenix in fucking Apocalypse when we saw fucking Jean Grey go all Dark Phoenix. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, he can't fucking give us the information now. But I think that's where the story's going. I think that's where the comments are alluding to. I think hey, it you've also could been,
2: be, but it could go the opposite way. That could also just be kind of um studio, you know, having to, you know, adhere to studio speak and not talking. Oh, it, come, it, I think fuck it, on. The, come the fuck come the fuck on. It could be, it could
4: go either way. Hey, I come the fuck it, on, Hoptner. She went fucking Phoenix in that goddamn movie. They they, well, they, no, they, yeah, just, they didn't show that in that. That was not. That was just. And I'm not. I'm not pissed off at you, Hopner. I'm just getting loud no. and passionate because that's who I am. But like. They did not just show us that because they were just like, okay, this is what's going to right the wrongs from X Men: The Last Stand. They oh, were, no, no. they I were, agree. they were setting up another fucking movie, uh, right, yeah. Jake? Yeah, and Pittsburgh's
0: yeah. not having these quotes about how it's the most epic storyline in X Men. Yeah, so he can not correct the wrong, right. No, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. It's
2: definitely something that they're gonna get back to, but right. I'm just, I'm just wondering whether or not that's gonna be the next story or maybe even the uh, story after. Man. that. they, they, a, are,
4: they, go ahead. It could Frank.
2: be in a couple, it could be in a couple more. It movies, feels like they're
4: taking a fucking playbook out of the DC fucking DC EU and fast tracking this fucking shit. Agreed. Thank you. That's yeah. where because
5: you're going, Frank, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I, in order to tell the Dark Phoenix part of the story, you gotta tell the first part when she got it in the first place. Yeah with all the stuff with leandra and everything and also you got to figure when they do tell the dark phoenix part they've already kind of frankenstein some of those characters into first class sebastian shaw and the hellfire club yeah
0: yeah Th-
5: that that's plays a huge fucking part in that dark phoenix side. you got to do, you gotta do it, it
0: you got you- from the jump, though, you're not doing an adaptation of the comic book straight to the movie.
4: No, you're not. Well, no.
5: Like,
0: well, you're not you're having not the stars I, mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: I mean, yeah. I mean, they can have anybody mess with their mind, but I still think that you have to tell the other part of it and learn who the entity is before you see how it fucks her up.
2: Yeah. that'd be good storytelling yes but they've kind of
4: been- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good point man you can wish in one hand and shit in the other man We mm-hmm. see what's up boy, first. they want
2: to do
0: both yes i think the origin of the entity could kind of take a back door though and not hurt the story too much if it the- could take a back door yeah if but you the can't great is is good enough to support that
4: yeah but is sophie turner gonna fucking deliver no, no. <laughs> probably not
5: probably not there's I don't know. And I, there wasn't very many comics that I read as a kid and that was one of them. And it's not that I'm like wanting them to hit it beat for beat. but Why
4: the fuck did they not get Shailene Woodley to fucking play Gene Grey? God damn it. She's off doing these fucking divergent, divergent. convergent, fucking <laughs> perversion films.
2: <laughs> and they probably, didn't get – They f- probably have her locked down on a contract. What's well,
4: bullshit, man. She, they, they fucking – they cast her as Mary Jane and then they fucking knock her out of that fucking Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie. Thank God for her. But why the fuck is she yeah. doing fucking divergent, convergent when she could fucking do <laughs> – when she could fucking be Jean fucking Gray? That's what she's made for. I Not mean, f- were, go ahead. No, if you watch the spectacular now, she is a fantastic actress. She is fantastic. She is such a wonderful actress. She's made for the role of Jean Grey. And I feel like, why the fuck did they, you know, like, I get it. Game of Thrones is fucking hot, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Who do you got as a Stark? You got a fucking redhead, right? Mm -hmm. Makes sense, okay? (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know, Cookie man. cutter doesn't always know. work. It I was
0: nice know. to see someone without a terrible die job for once.
4: Though. I know. I should
0: so, have gotten the actors who played Ingrid
2: on Game of Thrones instead. If you're going to go for that market. Because she's clearly not doing anything. They should have
5: got
4: Carrot Top, right?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Redhead, that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: know, it conflicts with his Hollywood or his uh, Las Vegas schedule. Oh, man.
4: I don't know if I want to see him as fucking Gene Gray or I want to see him as Archie in Riverdale. <laughs> I'm just terrible now.
5: Oh, Has yeah, the he does. Marotop, yeah. Oh, He's all roided man. out and shit. I've seen yeah. him recently. Oh, my
2: God.
0: Oh, he looks terrible. Listen.
5: That'd
2: be another way to go with that, though, if he was just like a fucking gym rat with a fucking steroid problem. Uh,
4: <sighs> yeah, he looks old and
0: decrepit.
4: Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, Deadline spoke to uh, Simon Kinberg and they asked him about the uh, future of the X Men and Deadpool films and where it all goes. And he said Deadpool Two is going to be uh, it, it's going to be in production this year. Then X Force which is a combination of Deadpool and Cable. They're like the black ops of the X-Men. They're much darker and have an R-rated decibel. There are X-Men characters coming into X-Force at different times in the comic, but it's separate from X-Men. There is a larger architecture to tell these stories in. I talk to the studios all the time about this, and there is a plan for how these movies can connect and be a part of a larger narrative. I'm worried about this, guys. Hold on. Mm. It's something that's fun, exciting, and it will be interesting to see how we marry the different tones that we've been generating in these standalone movies of the X-Men universe. But we go into making the best movie we can. It's not just about a Colossus or Deadpool cameo. Connecting all of these movies will happen when it organically makes sense. (laughs) These movies aren't simply being built as stepping stones to a larger story. Each one is wholly enclosed in a movie worth seeing. Fuck these comments.
0: (laughs) Except the last one. I mean, that's what I'm all about.
4: Each one is wholly enclosed in a movie worth seeing? Yeah. Yeah, sure. But, like, Jake... It sounds like...
0: Yeah, they're trying to combine Deadpool into the singer-verse.
4: It's... Exactly. Yeah. Don't make a goddamn great Deadpool movie. Make a great X-Force movie. Don't go Iron Man 2 route with this bullshit (laughs) and try to build a bigger world and incorporate a larger story so that the whole narrative of that sequel fucking sucks yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying focus on great stories focus on great movies the moment you try to ma- basically try to force a square peg into a circle into a hole that's when you get the problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with everything you're saying, but I think you're being too harsh on his comments. I think his comments allude to exactly what you're saying That he wants it to be organically done. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is that each movie is an enclosed and good movie.
4: I'm going off of past fucking experiences I've had with this bullshit, though, Jake. Yeah, yeah. I've seen what Jon Favreau could do with Iron Man and just telling a fucking great solo story. And he did a fantastic job with that, Jake. Yeah, just the... uh, And then the success of Iron Man brought upon this greater mcu expanded universe where we had to incorporate every other character so in iron man 2 we got bullshit scenes of fucking black widow being thrown into iron man 2 and then setting up the mcu and they failed miserably now, i'm not saying that it's not
0: possible for this to create a bad movie but i feel like his quotes support the fact that They're trying not to make those mistakes.
4: Oh, he can say whatever he wants to, but I'm going off of like basically. I'm going off. I'm going based off of the studio that's done it the best: (laughs) Marvel MCU, run by Kevin Feige. Fucking, in Feige we trust, this guy has put together a slew of fucking great Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, and this guy was not able to fucking make worldwide-loved, beloved films. As- Iron Man 2 is not embraced by the comic book movie fans. It's no. not. It's not. No, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I'm, I, I love these quotes, too. On paper, it sounds You're great. You're just
0: saying the spark of the idea that they plan on... Combining Deadpool into the Singer universe has you worried?
4: It worries me about Deadpool. They can fuck up X-Men. They they have fucked up X-Men, Yeah, Jay. I
0: feel
2: like... I'm d-
4: worried about them fucking up Deadpool. I'm worried about Deadpool being commercialized and being so much so mainstream... And trying to, trying to, basically they are trying to use the success of Deadpool mm. to raise, to elevate the status of X-Men proper, the singer universe yeah. that they've that's, established. Of course they are. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. and I'm worried about that because that's what they did. I feel like in Iron Man 2, they were promoting the greater universe, the expansion of this universe and tying everything in. And I feel like Iron Man 2 suffered because of that. Yeah, but Iron, Iron Man 2 2- was not – Iron Man was not based on anything else. It was Iron Man-centric. And yeah, Iron yeah. Man you – know, I, I know. I, I'm preaching to the choir. I fucking choir.
0: hate Iron Man 2. It's the fucking worst. But yeah. I, I think Iron Man 2 proves that if Fox does make that misstep – Course correction is possible. I mean look, you know, afterwards they get their shit together.
4: Yeah, but I I don't want it to affect Deadpool.
0: Yeah, I think right. Deadpool 2 I- is safe. I think X-Force you should be worried. D- uh,
4: dead I think Deadpool is safe. I think X-Force <laughs> I think X-Force is where they're wanting to introduce maybe possibly
0: other X-Men characters. X-Force is cause for concern. Were there, especially with the quotes about Frank, different X-Men Frank. coming in.
5: It's almost like uh, he's giving you a sweet little reach around while he's also dropping the line that, yeah, it's going to be connected. And even though it was said earlier, like, oh, well, we'll give it an R rating if it, if that's what it deserves, he made sure that the comment also held a R rated bit. Like, to Does
4: Ryan it. Reynolds need to put his foot down? Hopner.
2: Uh, yeah. Gut reaction? Yeah, because I actually agree with a lot of what Frank's saying, and I tend to agree with you on this one, Brian. Is that yeah? It's kind of a yeah. There's no argument. I wasn't disagreeing. Oh, I I, I, (laughs) no no no. no. I'm not saying that you were, but um, it's it's very much. You said that yeah, with Iron Man two, given the comparison between uh the X Men and the Marvel, yeah, Iron Man two, but they can course correct. But uh, Fox of the X-Men universe has had to do a couple of course corrections already. And in terms of the X-Men universe, we're currently on a bad note with them. Logan was great, but Apocalypse wasn't. Uh, so they've had to do this before with the uh, X-3. It's why they rebooted and went back to the, the 60s with the first class. Uh, you know, the X-Men Origins Wolverine was awful. Uh the wolverine was some mixed reactions uh so it's kind of a yeah if for creative purposes yeah ryan reynolds should kind of put his foot down on this and go no remain separate unless you're willing to make it r specifically for the two or three minutes tops that i'm gonna be in an x-men movie just because i'm gonna be fucking lewd as hell
4: ryan reynolds has the power right now in my opinion to say you know what we do it my way. He's gonna fucking go all uh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. We're gonna do it my way or I walk. Yep. Or yeah. I walk. Yep. I am was- not here to be a fucking crutch for this fucking Bullshit fucking shit that you've done for 17 years. And I'm not saying that all the shit that they've done in the past 17 years has been bullshit. There's, there's, there's definitely great takeaways from X-Men, from X-2. There's definitely great moments that they've had in those films. Logan was fantastic. But I don't feel like Deadpool should be like, oh, okay, you know what, we're gonna, you know, all the success that Deadpool has, all the, all the love that it's garnered, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna have this other fucking bullshit take that on. We're going to have it fucking take it. No, I think Deadpool should be its own separate entity. It should not have to take on the bullshit from the singer verse and try to fucking pump that shit up and prop it up and try to bring that back into the limelight. They need to figure that fucking shit out on their own. And Ryan Reynolds needs to step up and say, you know what? I'm doing what I'm doing is special. And it needs to be separate. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's probably needs-
0: not upset about it, though. It's the sad thing. Like, I, I could see in his mind that this isn't something that he is, like, angry about. Like, he probably is excited to do an X Force movie where they could bring in X Men.
4: Oh come on, the X Force movie. No, the X Force movie. I think is all part of this R rated fucking. It, he's headlining it. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's the shit after fucking X Force. I think it's the everything after X Force is when they're going to try to b- do this shit.
0: Yeah, I think it works if you if you keep both. You like it's the same universe. But you have the X-Force stuff and you have the X-Men stuff. Like I I could see that working
4: just it's fine. It's different. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm reading it too de- much into this. It depends we, on we,
2: how we, you- – We've
5: got two different Colossuses. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. It depends on how you keep the stuff – Three different the Colossuses. Stuff yeah. yeah.
5: If you keep it so loosely connected just like that, like if you bring in a couple people to have a one off or whatever, yeah, or when Deadpool goes over, he's breaking the fourth wall, that shit's good, but don't get it muddled up with having to try a trace back Jake, you don't back sound somewhere. like you're
4: trying to perfect you you don't sound like you're trying to protect Deadpool. You're leaving Deadpool open. And you're no, you're no. You've exposed our Deadpool, and you're saying yes. I want you to fuck up my. No, you sound like you are just no. You're like a mad fucking scientist. You're fucking like Mega Man's Doctor Wiley and shit. And you're just like, you know what? On, dude, dude, dude. Listen to me, dude. I, one of my favorite
0: things about fucking Deadpool comics is cameos in fucking Deadpool comics. Deadpool comics well, do give, not oh, work give me Charles with Xavier. fifty fucking issues of just fucking. Deadpool. What makes it fun is seeing wacky ass Deadpool interact with fucking straight edge X-Men characters. Yeah, but I That's
4: don't need I don't need my fucking bullshit X-Men Apocalypse characters showing it up in this to try to make that fucking that line of fucking movies better. I don't need them incorporating those storylines into my Deadpool. Give me a cameo of uh, Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. Give me a good laugh, just kind of like a great laugh from a Stan Lee cameo. Give me that laugh. Give me a Hugh Jackman cameo laugh. I don't need them trying to fucking throw Sophie Turner into this fucking (laughs) shit.
0: Yeah, but I do want to see other characters. There's also something
2: else to uh, bring into that because – uh, with the, the where the X-Men franchise is right now, where Deadpool is, we again have uh, a time lag issue because Deadpool clearly took place in more you know, modern yes, times yes. as opposed to 20. Uh, 2029. It'll be in the 90s. Well, because the next yes. one will be in the 90s. 90s. that will be still 20, yeah. give or take, years removed. So I think if they take place in the early 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, so you have a bunch of time removed there. So wouldn't, A, it wouldn't make sense for him to be showing up in that current in that timeline as they're going because that would be 20 years plus before he was Deadpool. But also, uh, Jake, to what you were saying about you enjoying uh, cameos. Uh, of other characters in Deadpool comics but that's kind of exactly the point is that they're cameoing in a Deadpool comic so the tone and the, and the, the focus is still Deadpool and you have these other characters from the X-Men universe coming in for a little hey how's it going cameo kind yeah, that's of thing. Exact, and that works in an mm-hmm. x-force movie let me but throw no this out it. there i think brian's concern is if you reverse that and you have him showing up as a cameo in the x-men movies you lose yeah don't, so don't do much that. Of that let don't, me don't
4: do hold that. On. <laughs> let me throw this out there if you get a fucking cable in an x-men proper film in the singer universe you get steven lang if you get Cable in a Deadpool film, you get Ron Perlman or Nathan Fillion. That's who you get. If you get fucking like Jean Grey in a Deadpool film, you get Emma Stone. If you get it in an X-Men proper <laughs> film, you get Sophie Turner. I mean, that's, that works the, too. that's the difference between this shit. Is like I don't want my Sophie Turner's fucking blending in with my Deadpool film.
0: I don't want Nathan Fillion anywhere near this fucking. I'm universe. just saying,
1: <laughs> it makes
4: more fucking yeah. sense to have Nathan Fillion in a fucking Deadpool fucking film than it does having like Stephen Lang or a Pierce Brosnan or whatever the fuck they're planning on doing. And then you also
5: get rid of the ties that you have to maintain. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guys,
4: I just I I don't want to I don't want to mix I don't want to mix these things. I, I love what they got going on in Deadpool. I feel I like I
0: they're agree. hinting at. A very small mix. They're just I feel like it's just we're gonna tip at the hat that we're in this universe. No,
3: That's I no, no. Other,
5: I, other I, that things. sounds great,
4: Jake, but I'm talking about a studio that wants to fucking make more money on one side mm-hmm. of the fucking coin.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
4: these yeah. and Apocalypse did not do what Days of Future Past did. Why didn't it do what Days of Future Past did? Well, because Brian is not a great director. The story wasn't great, and also it didn't have like as much Hugh Jackman as people would have wanted, correct? Flat out. Yeah, ja- yeah. You get Hugh Jackman in there, you instantly get an extra hundred million dollars oh, in the for box. Sure, yeah. Instantly. For sure. Instantly. He's got Will Smith appeal. He's got Brad Pitt appeal. He's got Tom Cruise appeal. That's who he I don't know, and it just feels like I don't want them to fucking use Deadpool as a crutch to fucking pump up. This other bullshit they got going on, on the side, it's just not working.
5: <laughs> and the timing, uh, it sets it up perfectly for that to be a real fear because yeah. now he's the golden boy.
4: He is the golden boy. And the golden yeah. boy, you know what? Hotner, Frank, golden boy should say no. Right.
2: I agree because, yeah, right now his stock is as
0: high as it's probably going to be.
1: Yes. Uh, they so, so yeah, going back to one of here. your earlier And he's
4: learned Ryan. from Green Lantern.
0: Yes. Yeah, but at yeah. the end of the day, he wants to line his pockets, too. So I'm
3: not...
1: Mi- no, oh come on, Jay.
3: come on, Jake. Come on!
0: It's cuts to
3: uh, it's like have the give
4: that It did,
5: didn't If they
0: if
4: you, they you, you, line you line act like you know you like you, you know movie you movie act movie. like Fox Daddy Warbucks <laughs> is gonna say. <laughs>
3: no, you act like Fox Daddy
4: Warbucks is gonna say. Well, you know, since you're not gonna fucking play our little fucking game here and have like the rest of the X-Men universe that has been floundering for the last so many years, since you're not gonna like bring them into this wonderful world that you've created where you can make a movie for 50 million dollars and it makes 700 goddamn million dollars. Since you're not gonna do that, well, you're out, Ryan. No, Ryan can say, you know what, I have got something here. I'm not denying that Ryan has all the power and it's not about lining his pockets at this point when a guy who's not so concerned about lining his pockets when he's already in the fucking doghouse in Hollywood says, you know what? I'm going to pay two million fucking dollars on my own goddamn pockets to have fucking Rhett Reese and fucking Paul Wernick the writers for this show show up on set because Fox is too much of a stringent motherfucker yeah, to pay was, it out of their own goddamn pocket. That was in This Is Now Now, Oh
3: fuck I, off with that shit I think he'd <laughs> be
5: cynical enough to where he'd remember that shit Ryan he Reynolds would know could stop, stop acting his own uh, Ryan Reynolds could stop acting today
4: and be set financially this guy has this guy sees what has happened to his career and he can't let this happen anymore and I hope that this guy has the foresight to understand that the studio is doing what they can do to help this other side of X-Men that is floundering but Ryan Reynolds wants to preserve what's beautiful in cinema and yes Deadpool was beautiful because it's one of the best fucking love stories I've ever seen in an R-rated comedy fucking ever it really was the fucking dynamic between him and Marina Baccarin is fucking amazing and I would fucking put it up there against the goddamn notebook suck my dick. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't want to see Ryan Reynolds fucking uh bend to the studio just because they're gonna offer him more fucking money I don't
0: think, I, but I don't think he is gonna bend to the studio and I don't think that's necessarily what's being implied here i think I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. To them just trying to create some synergy between the two movie franchises. I do. Can I
2: try, can I try to split the difference go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. Cook? I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, one, here's an interesting thought. Nobody's actually approached Ryan Reynolds and asked him about this, right?
4: Well, Ryan, we know Ryan Reynolds wanted to have Hugh Jackman. In a Deadpool right, movie, but in that, terms that's all like, that's all we know as far right, as like yeah, any, nobody's
0: really exact. About about well, he's headlining in an X Force movie now too.
4: Well, but uh, yeah, really, yeah, but ahead. like nobody from like nobody from X Force has been featured in an X Men proper film. Yeah, yeah, but all, I mean, we, like, all we all we know that Ryan Reynolds wanted to work with was fucking Hugh Jackman, which goddamn it, I can't blame the guy. Yeah, I would have Hugh Jackman give me a handy right now, goddamn it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, it seems like nobody's really talk to them. Nobody's really approached Ryan Reynolds and asked his opinion on like the intermixing between the Deadpool universe with uh, Deadpool and X-Force yeah, and the yeah. X-Men movie. We're so A, to- yeah. it'd be really interesting to for someone to approach him and actually see what he says in response to this stuff. But to split the difference between you and Jake here, uh, I can see both sides of this the point. A, I do agree with you, Brian, overall that, yeah, he should put his foot down and, uh, artistically and say that, yeah, we're not, I don't want to dumb down, I don't want to dilute this character by yeah. having it intermix with something that doesn't clash with it, mesh with it very well. But I can also see on Jake's side in terms of, like, you know, how much resistance is he go- gonna really give on that? How much is he going to? Listen to this team?
4: fucking, I, sure. I, I, I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> listen to this neutral fucking Swedish bastard. I don't bastard. think they have
0: to dilute anything, though. I think if done right, there's no diluting at all. Uh, but it, what are the odds? Yeah, be,
4: yeah thank what you. The- what are the odds that they're gonna do it right? Oh man, yeah, they've right. done such a great job before. Well, and maybe the Ryan the Reynolds will
0: pay another two million dollars to get writers on the set so it does get done right.
4: Yeah, well, maybe, well yeah, okay, yeah. whatever. Jake, you know what, like, the, so, hold on, like, I, you know what, I see the beauty in the Deadpool universe. Okay, just like I see the beauty in Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford's got that goddamn mole on her face. You're wanting to cut the, you're you're wanting to fucking laser that mole off her face. Hey, and that's oh no 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 no. Cindy Crawford back in the nineties was a beautiful woman, right? And she had that goddamn mole on her face, and it stuck out. You know what? Just like that Iglesias guy, he had that hey, fucking man, mole on his it. face. You know what? As soon as Iglesias fucking like they they fucking laser that shit off his face, nobody knows who he is anymore. <laughs> And you're, do, you're doing that. You're cutting the mole off Deadpool. You're fucking, no, you are fucking, you are I, fucking. I, I gotta agree with Brian on yeah, this one. you're burning the, yeah. I'm not doing no, anything. No, what there, am there, I doing? There is beauty. What am I doing?
0: There is beauty. Enough of the analogy, back to the reality. What am I doing? You're
4: cutting what? the, you're cutting, you're cutting <laughs> the, how? You're cutting the mole. How? By,
0: by in an X-Force movie, a slight acknowledgement of the Singerverse that takes place 30 fucking years prior to this universe? What What's you that? are doing, <laughs> what, what you
4: are are doing is you're taking something that is not hurting you are taking something that is doing something wonderfully right now and saying you know what let's prop up this other bullshit that's been floundering that people aren't gravitating towards that has been garbage the last couple movies and we're going to try to take this other thing to prop it up you know what I don't need movie. it I don't need it one movie okay we had uh days of future past and we had X X Men First Class, which were great, yes. but we've also had fucking X Men Last Stand, X Men Origins Wolverine. I was talking
0: at all times at the, the last two movies, and the last two movies weren't fucking garbage.
4: There. We don't need it, though. We don't need it, though. It is not
5: necessary. It, okay. It's not necessary. I agree. It's
0: not necessary, but it also could be done without hurting anything.
5: It's almost kind of like tainting the pool, though. Say, tell it in? that to Iron Man Two.
4: Iron tell Man, that to Jesus Iron Man Shit. Two, which built up a bigger universe in the MCU. Yeah. Okay. Tell that to Iron Man Two, okay. which fucking ruined that film. I think if John Favreau would have been able to make the movie that he wanted to make, I and want this is, a Deadpool no, this movie weird. with
0: other fucking mutants. That's what's
4: fun about Deadpool. That's fine, but I don't need other fucking mutants that were shown up in the other fucking movies. I don't need Sophie Turner or. Or Cody Smith. No, it's not because we got a different goddamn colossus. (laughs) They can give us other versions of said mutants. But it
0: won't be, it's impossible for Sophie Turner, is what I'm fucking saying. Huh? Not. You're saying you don't want Sophie Turner in the Deadpool movie. Sure. I'm saying that's impossible because Sophie Turner would be fucking 50 in the Deadpool movie or whatever the fuck.
4: No, they don't have to follow that line of thinking.
0: They don't. I know they don't. That's why it would be impossible for it to be Sophie Turner in the Deadpool movie. I see
5: what Jake's saying because of the time difference in the films. She'd be like 40, 50 years old.
4: But the whole discussion is about them in, in, in bringing in the singer verse into this one, Jake.
0: But they would have to do that without throwing in characters from Apocalypse because you can't do that unless you have aged versions of those characters or we're doing something Then why other kind are we talking drop. about this? Because I'm fine because it's not that big of a deal because they can't do much fucking harm if they're just nodding at the fucking singer verse. Why not use what you fucking have? It's the fucking X-Men franchise.
4: The whole thing is this article is talking about organically combining the two universes. And his
0: quotes were great. Those those were the best fucking quotes you could say if that's what you're trying to do. Those quotes had nothing but respect for the properties.
4: Yeah, Hopner left. But anyway. All right. No, I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. and Hop out. We're going to fucking finish this.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, just... Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I see both of you
0: guys. Get the fuck out of here, Hoppner, with your twitter <laughs> <Switzerland> link <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh, I can see both. Jake, sides. Jake, here, Jake, I kind an of get what Brian I said. I, I kind of get what Jake said. If Frank had an, know, an opinion, I would kind of get it
5: too. Hey, I got an opinion.
0: yeah jake here's what me and brian are kind of sitting
2: on and i think you might appreciate that it's kind of like how in wwe they keep inserting roman reigns into bigger storylines than the people want him to be and and that's
0: kind of the it's the same fucking thing though if you write it right that would work too and have they no they have not well then the track record is against them on this so let's not give them another chance Yeah, I I think it can be done, and it's no big deal. I think Uh, you guys are making a mountain out of a molehill, and you should pick a better
4: battle. Whatever. I I disagree one hundred percent. I disagree. Like the the whole thing is about incorporating the singer verse with that's the whole what the whole quote's fucking about. And yeah, you can say like it's the '90s and like Deadpool takes place. Keep it separate. Then, like, don't even make these comments known to the public. Just let Ryan Reynolds do what he's going to do with the Deadpool movies. Let him do what he's going to do with the X-Force movies. Let it be separate. Let these fucking... Singer-verse fucking movies flounder. Let this next Supernova movie be whatever the fuck it's going to be. It's not going to be good. I can promise you that fucking right now. Is I can Singer promise directing you- that? Huh? Is Singer directing No, Supernova? I don't think he's coming back. Yeah. He's going to be a producer. He's a producer on Legion. He's also going to be a producer on this next X-Men TV show, which the rumored title is going to be Gifted. Which yeah, I saw that. I actually like that title. Yeah, it's a good title. It's a great title. Yeah. Uh But anyway... um, I, I just want this – I want Deadpool to be some – Jake, I just want it to be something different. I want it to be something special and I want it to be something separate. I don't want Deadpool to be watered down either by no fucking I needs. don't want Do it I to want be a that. fucking crutch. To what the bullshit they got going on. I don't on want sub- that either. Yeah. I mean, we can look at Simon Kinberg's quotes and say, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I would love to see that, the-. you know, yeah, I would love to see Deadpool be like a big brother and fucking like lift up like the crap that they got going on on the other side. Not everybody did like Apocalypse. Not everybody liked Days of Future Past. Not everybody liked any of those. You know what I mean? They weren't universally loved, you know? Um, I love Days of Future Past. Oh, I, thought, yeah, me too. I thought it was phenomenal. I did. I loved X Men First Class. But on the flip side, like the timelines that they got worked out in this shit.
0: And the whole thing's a muddled mess. It it's been a, a muddled, muddled mess, mess for long before Deadpool gave it to the right, future. Right,
4: right. I <laughs> want Deadpool to make a joke, make a laughing stock out of the muddled mess that they've made with those movies. I don't want it to incorporate it. I just, I want it to be something special and sp- something separate. That's my final stand. I mean I want it to be special too.
0: I get it. And I think it can be special. I wanna special. See,
4: I want to see other X Men in these films too. But I want it to be more of like a fucking funny like cameo. Like we get Stan Lee in these uh you know, in the cameos in these movies. Yeah, I would love to see, like, uh Patrick Stewart show up as a cameo in Deadpool 2. <laughs> have on, him
3: walk Hobner, and have Deadpool freaking out like, you can walk!
4: Yeah, Hobner, get the fuck out of here. I know you got to do shit. Get I the want fuck Deadpool out of with an ex-babe and that
0: kind of funny stuff. That's always right.
4: hilarious. Now. I'm not doing <laughs> – we're not doing DC News this week. We're going to end on this shit. We're going to end fucking yelling at each other. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. going to end on a high note, right?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: the, this, you know what's great about this, though? The, it's like we can, ad- we can disagree about all this shit. We're never going to come to a fucking agreement on this. But it's just like fucking like the Terry Crews, Mike Coulter bullshit.
0: Yeah. You know? We're yeah. still
4: good friends. It's hey. a little different. I-
0: I'll feel terrible if Deadpool gets ruined.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Yeah.
0: That's and if it does, it's all your fault.
1: Yeah. I,
4: know,
0: I feel like I'm taking a lot You're on my shoulders with this argument. I'm trying.
4: No, no. I, Jake. Jake. <laughs> I'm agreeing with. I, hold on. Uh, let me, I'm drunk. I am in agreement with you. I want to see other X-Men introduced into Deadpool. Like, it was a funny joke in the first one. They couldn't introduce X-Men into it because of the budget. It's like a fourth wall meta fucking, you know. I want to see other X-Men introduced into this world. But I don't want to. The last thing I want to see is Sophie Turner, Cody Smith McPhee, those characters being introduced into this to try to bring...
0: I don't think there's any fear of that. that that's I just kinda, had an
2: actual interesting idea. That's
0: kind of what
2: i What would you think about this? What if they went, like, extra meta with it, and instead of having, like, the current uh, cast doing it, what if they delved back and brought back, like, Okay, if Cyclops shows up, it's James Marston, or Famke Jensen as Jean Grey. Like, going really far that's back, great. and he can I make a joke too. and be like, yeah,
3: but
1: the, do the, you even
2: exist anymore?
4: But that's – hold on. That's the, That's what I'm saying here is, like, Simon Kinberg's statements do not reflect that. Kim, excuse me. Simon Kinberg's statements reflect organically combining what they have going on now yeah, with true. Deadpool – that's what but his see, the, the statements term organically
0: means not to me. I take that as not forcing the issue that yeah. the, the combination <laughs> happens naturally.
5: I look at it like it a sounds like compliment. it's
4: inevitable. He right. can say organically, but I am taking inevitable out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically I'm taking like- that Fox Studios is saying, yes, it's not going to happen right away okay? I'm not gonna take your virginity right now. And don't
5: worry about Don't fuck it up. But, my, but
4: Yeah, but my penis is moving at a slow <laughs> snail's pace towards your vagina and eventually Atomic. this fucking... There will be penetration. Right. The, my shield <laughs> is going to penetrate your fucking uh, clam. That is going to happen. That's what I'm hearing sure. out of this.
0: I mean, I, I get that without even the, the Kinsberg stuff. The minute you announce it's Deadpool and Cable headlining an X Force movie—like right. anyone with half a brain realizes what's going on there. I'm trying like, to—that's pre- step
4: one. I'm trying to protect Deadpool, and you're saying, "You know what? You know what? No condom." You're saying no, do- no. You're <laughs> Raw saying, dog you're saying yeah, but the thing is, is like
2: Deadpool. if you
4: do it without
0: protection, you could potentially have the greatest thing ever. <laughs> that's an awful risk (laughs) oh my god yes there's
5: a huge risk with
0: that (laughs) there's a huge risk and I realize that I get it you could Iron Man 2 it up or end up with fucking AIDS no nine months later nine (laughs) months later you could Iron Man 3
4: it nine months later that'd be okay nine months later you could be you could give birth to like the worst thing ever Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it I'm happen, well, I'm can
0: happen, but you could also give birth to the most amazing life you've ever fucking seen. It's possible. Oh, shut the fuck up,
1: <laughs> Jake's for
4: <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> Apparently,
2: no.
5: Jake
0: is a pro-lifer.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I no shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't don't abort Deadpool <laughs> out of the Singer universe. <laughs> I'd
1: abort
5: the X I
4: abort the Singer Dude, universe. I am pro Planned Parenthood. I'm saying double bag this shit. Let's protect <laughs> what we have. Uh, D- Deadpool is great. It's too late. Deadpool's too old. You can't abort. Uh, all right guys. <laughs> you know what? Hey, Hopner, I'm going to thank you for joining us this episode. We're not going to do any DC news. I'm not going to read any of y- uh, read any of your bullshit emails. Mm-hmm. We are done. Thank you so much for joining us, Hopner. Uh thank you. Whatever. Yeah, don't Whatever. fucking think I'm thanking you, Hopner.
2: <laughs> no, I know you're not.
1: <laughs> well,
4: you can um, thank you can thank 50% of him cuz like he's only half and half. Oh, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
1: I uh, think the side for, that sides with me. me.
4: On.
2: Yeah, I appreciate uh having me on again. Uh we'll see if I was better this time around. Uh Frank, really great uh finally talking to you face to face, kind of.
5: Yeah, uh, voice face- to voice, kind true of
2: thing,
1: face-to-face.
2: buddy. Yep, uh so uh hopefully I'll be uh, back in a couple months come uh Bay Formers five. Ugh. Uh yeah show. That'll be a shit show for sure, but thanks for having me, guys, uh, and remember to uh, everybody the listeners to go see my pod, listen to my podcast and all that shit.
4: Yeah, something, uh, something, nostalgia, check it out on iTunes. Guys, uh, next week we are going to be talking about Iron Fist. Iron guys. Fist is going to be dropping on Friday. Uh, rave gonna... reviews so far. Yeah, rave <laughs> reviews so far for Iron Fist. Oh, God, they've been awful. Uh, yeah. And. Uh, we're also uh, Beauty and the Beast I'm sure Jake's going to be talking about that uh, I will probably be talking about the Belco experiment and hopefully I'll get a chance to see Beauty and the Beast but will we, uh, little, 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 we will see you next week Later, y'all. Hasta mañana. Just like all good leftover Sandler doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> nice. Ooh, nice. I thought you were
0: going to say something that brought us into the singer universe.
5: Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs>
4: Jesus Christ. Fuck off, Jake.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Automatically make it the worst part of the show. God. Oh, man. Bullshit. Later. <laughs>
4: They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that.
3: There's already like 7 million podcasts. Talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy life shooting at a walk, Brad. But it's done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids.
0: It's, it's a trap.
3: Gonna toss it, gonna taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware parties of culture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counter culture pushed over. Pop culture leftovers. uncool kids, what's to say it's already been said? Leftovers. Pretty sure only talent is the band that's singing. That is hot culture Leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the chaff. And we the chaff, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the door, kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toxic, good and do we love it? Hey, let's race it, we erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counter culture, push over. Pop culture and left over. And with the uncool kids, what's to say already been said. Left over. You sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture left over. Possibly Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. party. Subculture spill over. Like a vulture carry over. Counterculture push over. pop culture. Leftovers. I uncool kids. What to say has already been said. Leftover. Only talent. is the band that's singing this. hot culture leftovers.